0: You win? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Welcome to the Chelsea fan cast, fuelled by Guinness, powered by Celery. The show that also has Zaha in its pocket. Chelsea huffed and puffed, and eventually they blew the Palace down. Aided and abetted by a little bit of magic from Captain Willian and Tammy Abraham's 10th Premier League of the season, and Christian Pulisic's 5th goal in three games. All this leaves Chelsea 3rd in the league, And incredibly, one point above Man City with nearly a third of the season gone. Surely beyond our wildest expectations and a testament to how well Frank, Jodie, Joe and the players have done. But the real story from Saturday was the debut Premier League performance of Rhys James. Having galvanised Chelsea to a remarkable comeback against Ajax in midweek, James replaced the ever-present Chelsea captain Cesar Azpilicueta, at right back and was tasked with shackling Palace's best player Wilfred Zahar. He did so much more than he did so much more than that with his superb technique, tackling, pace, and delivery. He had Zahar in his pocket for the whole match, leaving the Palace Star whining grumpily by the end. While Zahar's audition as a future Chelsea player finished before it started, we have witnessed a debut by a Chelsea star in the making. Reece James is a Rolls Royce of a player. He is, in fact, Rolls Reese.
1: Rolls oh, Reese. You're on fire. You're on fire, Chidge. Wow. Thank you. Rolls Reese. Everybody. Well, thank you, thank, you, thank wasn't you. that Great. Thank that you, was great. you. Thank you.
0: Great. Marco, was...
1: wasn't that wasn't that great? Okay. Marco. Okay.
0: That, there's applause and there's taking the piss. You know what I'm saying? No, I wasn't
1: the piss. Seriously. <laughs>
0: There we go, Rolls-Royce, the Chelsea fancast number four hundred uh, and eighty, uh, and we will no doubt be paying homage to that fabulous debut throughout the show. But before we do that, of course, you've just heard the dulcet tones of Mr. J.K. Jonathan Kidd himself.
1: I've got a bit of a croaky voice, Chidge. Have I'm you not now? Quite yeah, not quite, but we'll have a go. let see. If I deteriorate, Marco will have to just take over doing the emails. All right.
0: All right. Well, I'll tell you what, mate, I'm 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 fighting the fucker off as well, actually. There's a there's oh, a, yeah, God. a lot of Lurgies around Stamford Bridge on Saturday, weren't there, Marco? Perhaps
2: yeah, somebody on me they
1: can do it.
2: I was using my um hand sanitizer to uh good effect.
0: Yeah. I mean it is a bit of an occupational hazard for uh the likes of us because you you end up doing a lot of handshaking on a Saturday and uh yeah Cliff and Dan were both particularly unwell and it was quite funny because I, I saw them after the game and uh as we as I was leaving they offered me their hand and I said no I don't I love you to pieces but I'm not going to be oh, shaking God. your hand because you're both horribly mm-hmm. ill and I don't want it
1: but there you once upon go. a time church, once upon a time church we did hand ringing, didn't we that was okay when we watched Chelsea in the 80s. <laughs> That's very true. And, and shaking, so you were happy. You never caught anything because you never, never, nobody ever wanted no. to celebrate.
0: And much later on, of course, people did uh, bell ringing because they just couldn't stand watching it anymore. But there we go. Uh, That's another story. Anyway, what a lovely show. I'm really looking forward to tonight's show because I I I love having uh, JK on, obviously. You know, there is no show without JK. uh, But it's, it's particularly lovely to have Marco on the show for his kind of monthly visit. So there we go. Anyway, on the show tonight, we will be discussing, as I said, just how well Rhys James played. And we wonder what the future holds for Aspie. And yet another selection headache for Frank Lampard, potentially. Uh, In part two, we discuss uh, Tammy Abraham and Pulisic both scoring again. And another fine performance from the rejuvenated Willian and Kovacic. And N'Golo Kante (laughs) is back. Uh, We also have the usual parish notices and a teaser for the next Chelsea special podcast, which I I hope you are all downloading. And if you are not, you are all on the naughty step. Uh, Anyway... Coming this week, following hot on the heels of Bobby Tambling, uh, Chopper Harris, and uh, last week Kerry Dixon, we've got an interview with Tommy Baldwin. Oh yeah. The, the
2: sponge. The
0: sponge himself. He did, and he, he revealed to me why he has called the sponge, and uh, I will say no more. Anyway, in part three, uh, we're going to read out this week's emails, loads of them this week, and in part four, we doff our hat to this week's winner's in our Who Knows Wins Chelsea Fancast Match Predictions League, which was categorically, unequivocally, not me. I had an absolute Western supermare, but there you go. Somebody pocketed about 140 quid, so they did all right. Anyway, uh, then we're going to look back uh, at the remarkable Champions League match against Ajax uh, from last Tuesday. Uh, But we will pose the question, is Chelsea's qualification to the next round of the Champions League still in the balance? And then finally, a real treat for you lot out there... You'll know from the last couple of weeks that uh, Marco has got a new book out called Liquidator, a 1969-1970 ni- uh, to 1970, a Chelsea memoir. And Marco has wonderfully agreed to read an extract from the new book. So we'll be doing that towards the end of the show. So don't bugger off before the emails like you normally do. Hang around for that. It's well worth it. Right, don't forget, you can, of course, listen to the show live every Monday at 7 o'clock by going to Mixler, which is M-I-X-L-R dot com forward slash Chelsea-FanCast, where, of course, you can join in the chat room, where many, many, many do. And there's quite a few of you in there, as ever, including the lovely Aurelius13, Happy Bird, Planet Earth is Blue, uh, Disco Donny, lovely, CFC Sport, English Dan, Aussie Sign My, Broken Leg, Loco Coco Pops, and many, many more, Tuberforce, Albert II, Boomer, Jack CFC, Rob Coombe. Rob, uh, I'm sure I said this to you last week, but thank you for your donation. It was very sweet of you. So there you go. Loads of them in there. They all have a great laugh in there. They they talk amongst themselves and they completely ignore us, which is exactly how it should be. Uh, now, if you want to join in with that, as I said, go to mixler.com forward slash Chelsea fancast. But of course, you can always, at any time you like, Ping us a tweet at Chelsea Fancast on Twitter, or of course at Chelsea Fancast on Instagram. And we're on Facebook too. Uh, we have a Facebook page, so don't forget that. Uh, right, uh, after this very short interlude, we will be talking Chelsea versus Crystal Palace. <laughs> Right, um, of course, you know, much later on in the show when we talk about the Ajax game, uh, you know, we'll be talking about the fact that Rhys James came on and turned the game around. But on Saturday, uh, to the surprise of many, before the game actually, um, Rhys James got the starting position at right-back and uh, taking the place of the captain, Cesar Aspilicueta, who, let's be honest, is pretty much been a fixture there for as long as I can remember. Um You know, Dave just never gets injured, and he's always there as the captain. So, uh, Reese got his start, Premier League debut, and what a debut it was! Uh, I mean, I I could sit here for probably two hours just praising Reese James for how how fantastic he is. But the the thing that 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 strikes me, Marco, uh, and of course you and I, well, we all did actually, because we all we all you know we're all on one side of the ground, aren't we? But his technique is superb. His tackling is brilliant, and he, he's got such good pace and delivery. He's got it all, hasn't he? As a right back, he
2: is the Redbridge Cafu. I <laughs> like it. Like it a lot. Uh, he's, he's just got everything. Yeah, you're right. And he's also got the the, the physicality. Um, I mean, he, he's huge. You know, he's, yeah. awesome he's a unit, isn't house. he? A huge unit. He's like a fridge. Yeah, he has. He has got him the fridge. So, um, yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he's uh, an extraordinary player um, and it, it was interesting because, you know, he was clearly head and shoulders above um, the players he was playing with and around in the championship last season. But it was, you know, well, could he could he make it in the Premier League? How does it work with, you know, Aspilicueta nailed on? I mean, that was, you know, that ended, I think it was 73 consecutive Premier League starts that uh, came to an end for Aspy on um, on Saturday. So, you know, to do that uh, just just tells you, um, you know, where, where his development is at. And to be honest with you, uh, going into the game, I did wonder... Um, You know, with with the Man City game next up um, and knowing what we know about Chelsea playing away at Man City, if uh, Rhys James with his pace would be tried out against Zaha with with one eye on the City game. So I don't don't think he can be dropped for that City game. I think, you know, that's his place. He's in the team as far as I'm concerned.
0: Uh, I agree with all of that. What say you, J.K.?
2: Well, um,
1: uh, if you remember, though you wouldn't have remembered because you weren't on the show on Friday, I said, <laughs> "True that, enough." <laughs> uh, yeah, he played so brilliantly against Ajax in the second half uh, that I thought that they'd pair him and Dave um, as they did in the second half of Ajax, which is him playing right back. In fact, I said on the show it was impossible to drop him after that performance because he was phenomenal. Um, and that Dave should play left-back and that it should solve the problem because <clears throat> this problem of both Emerson and Alonso because Alonso, of course, was dreadful in the Ajax game, um, back to his worst. Um, and uh, Ron, I had Ron sitting next to me <coughs> for the Ajax game. You know, Ron, who's the Millwall the fan. The Millwall fan, the yeah, completely unbiased Millwall fan. Unbiased Millwall fan. And um, he said... Um, he said uh, Frank doesn't write a lot. He said Frank doesn't write Alonzo, He said so he's out at uh, Christmas. How does he how said, does how does Ron
0: know this? Does
1: Ron uh, know he, Frank? Has he got his
0: mobile phone number or something. Sh- 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 Did he I'll take let, him out for pie and mash down the East no, End or something? You know what
1: he's, what? he's JT's mate. Oh, that's right. That's right. If okay. you remember, I do. JT's I do now. Mate. Yeah, yeah. And he refuses to reveal his source. He always says, I'm not telling you how I know this. And then I say to his wife, Lynn, who's the Chelsea fan, and we, she brings him along, um, she says it's JT. He saw JT last week. <laughs> and uh, so, uh, anyway, JT's come up with this information that um, <clears throat> Pedro's off Christmas because um, he thinks he's, uh, he's, uh, he's not up to it anymore and he's got better replacements. Alonso, apparently, yeah, he's, he doesn't rate him, so he's off. Emerson has asked for a, a, a big contract rise in wages, which the club won't give in to. So he's off. And um, <clears throat> I think they've got um, Matson as a possible replacement for him, obviously. I mean, it's sounding as if, you know, everybody's, they won't have a left back, but, um, uh, and he said, actually, we are actually signing Chilwell. He said, this was a, an absolutely positive. And I said, why would Chilwell want to leave Leicester when they're third? Uh, and he's playing by the way he said, "Oh no he said, that's the uh, that's the information that I've been given by my source he said so um let's see whether any of this actually takes place but so uh, consequently, I didn't think that Emerson would be playing, but there was Emerson uh, never you know perhaps his demands for money haven't got in the way of his playing, whereas I think alonso is uh, uh, is possibly not going to figure very often anymore um but um uh, i i I think that uh, I think that um uh uh Reese is completely excellent and brilliant. There were there were a couple occasions where he did um he got out of jail when he attempted to to nutmeg Zaha by the goal line and go past him and Zaha nipped his foot in, but I think Tomori saved the day. And on one occasion he did a, a run where he beat three players and then lost the ball to the fourth. But that's me nitpicking because he is um he is such a, a unit. I remember in the Ajax game; he went for a header with their fullback, and the fullback was left reeling. And it was a completely fair challenge. He just went for the ball. He's um, he's a, uh, he's going to be a very very brilliant player for us, without any shadow of a doubt. Because he seems to he's a bright boy as well. He seems to tick all the boxes. Well, he's like he's, he's, he's like
0: all. He's like all of, I mean, the beautiful thing, JK, is he's like all of the youngsters that have uh, <clears throat> come in this season you know he he looks like he's been playing there all his life and this is what i cannot get my head round you know i mean well i can actually i'm beginning to get my head round it because actually the reality is is that you know these kids have been have grown up together uh and i think the fact that they've all broken into the side together is massively important and i think you know when they when they've come in in the past not not this lot obviously but you know you've got one youth player you know getting 10 minutes here or there they're light on their own. And I think maybe they do feel a little bit intimidated by it. But half the I, team, half the team are academy players. And they're just thinking, well, this is us. This is, this, this is you know, we belong here. This is our team. You know, this I, is our I club.
1: I was intrigued when Chalabar at Watford wandered round because he was substituted and he got a standing ovation from the uh, the away fans, which I thought was brilliant, by the way. And, um, uh, and he looked a bit forlorn. And um, I was just thinking... You're about a year out, aren't you, mate? Because if, if this had happened a year ago, you might have been given a year and a half, whatever it was. You might have found yourself in the Chelsea first team. Well, and, you know, uh, that, this is how it, the cookie crumbles, mate, isn't absolutely, it? Absolutely. Yeah, but, absolutely. But yeah. the, the timing was such. And there are a few others um, who must be really, any, any of the low knees must be thinking, wow, we've got such an opportunity now. Which, you know, which, I mean, and and Ampadu and, and is a perfect example of that, isn't there? Who, he's got to have games um, because... Um, he would have been. I think he would have been perfect in this setup. It's such a shame he signed a year's, year's contract, hasn't he, Ampadu? And he's not um, getting played by Leipzig, is he? No, he has. Yeah, but I think I think they're going to have. I think that was a, a strange decision to give him to a side who've got some very good players in those positions already. But obviously, injuries will. There'll be some attrition with that. Yeah. So he will get some playing time. And they're always with with any of the loanies, One has to remember they're all hugely vetted. You know, they don't go off and are forgotten. They have constant conversations. And video discussions with their mentors. It's a very, very fine setup at Chelsea. So, to me, it's it's not a surprise that these players have have got access to the who've got access to the first team have played well because they're really nurtured, and it's just. It's such a shame that they've not been given an opportunity before, but that was because all of these other managers came in and didn't quite trust the youth and wanted wanted to bring people in that they knew because they wanted instant success. This is why the the Frank situation is so absolutely brilliant with the transfer ban. Yeah, and I just one more point about Frank, just to say I love the fact that during the game there's always a certain time, around about 70 minutes, when he and Jody have an enormous chin wag in the. Um, in the area, in the, in the little in the little box, about and they look as if they're just making decisions about what how to cope with the last twenty minutes of the game. I've just noticed this happen nearly every home game so far. They, it's almost as if they go at seventy minutes, time for the chat, and they then go through things. And what they did was the bizarre thing of Pulisic scored, and the we'll get on to a Pulisic in a sec. But while I've got the thought, Pulisic scored, and he was about to be substituted and the fourth official actually asked frank do you still want to substitute him and frank said yes yes that's the plan and i while i know this is because i was looking at this because i was intrigued as to see what they'd actually do and so pulisic there was a bit of a, a thing about was it william coming off no he kept with pulisic because that was the scheme 20 minutes to go he was to come off and i thought that was really fascinating about the way the way that they were work, they're working things at the moment
0: so- yeah, well, good knowledge, because you've got, you've got a good view of that, unlike I'm me and Marco, who are uh, up in the gods. Uh, Marco, uh, the, I mean, it's interesting, actually, what JK said earlier on, actually, about, um, you know, Ajax and, uh, you know, Reese coming on for Alonso, Aspie going left-back. I I actually thought that that's possibly what might happen uh, against Palace, because, of course, you know, I, I, I had a feeling, well, you know, Zahar is a good player. I mean, you know, it's it just it's testament to how good... Reese James was that that uh, he absolutely monstered him, but Zaha's been causing havoc uh, for the last few seasons. So uh, I didn't think that we'd have Alonso up against him. So I was surprised to see Aspie step down and Emerson come in. Actually, but whichever way one swings it, and, and notwithstanding what uh, Ron the Gossip has said, um, <laughs> you know, there's clearly you know there is a selection dilemma. I think facing Frank, is there not? Well, I'm-
2: not sure i'm not i'm not sure dilemma because i think everybody's kind of now bought into the you know the hashtag trust rank thing um so i don't don't know i don't see there's a dilemma there's only a dilemma um you know if, if players start creating um you know complaining that they're not being picked i know um I don't know. There was some stuff rumbling around about uh, Giroud being, um, un, uh, you know, unhappy about um, not getting any games. But I guess you know, it is what it is, and he will go. He he will be one of the players I think that will uh, leave in um, in January. If, if uh, I don't, don't know, Ron, it didn't seem to get mentioned in. Uh, I know he said he said Giroud was off. I've got to say that, yeah. Rom's rumors, rumors. <laughs> I like
1: that, yeah.
2: But I, you know, I, I don't think. I mean, it's a shame we're kind of out of the League Cup because that's another sort of tournament where youngsters you know, like
0: Giroud could have got a run out, mate.
2: Yeah. Well, no, I'm thinking more. You know, Billy Gilmore, who was again stepped off the bench. You know, games like that, he, he can get a start in. Um, You know the the Champions League now. We're getting to the stage where you know we've we've got to win those last two games to 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 go through potentially. So I don't think there's going to be you know I don't think the the other kids are going to get a a breakthrough in those games. So you know I I think Frank's pick he's picking the team to do the job. I mean I, I believe that that was once again the youngest ever. Yeah, uh, Chelsea Premier League side. I, I think the last time that Sheffield United, wasn't it? That was the last time they had the youngest, uh, their youngest Premier League starting eleven, and they broke it again on um, on Saturday. But but Frank's picking those players on merit, and I, and I really can't. You know, the bottom line is we we shipped four goals against Ix, and and was a part of that. Despite the fact he, you know, he fought back like a lion, and and you know he, he scored once and might have scored the winner. But, well, uh, with,
0: without without getting into it too much now, because we are going to do it later. So, yeah. so Alonso was also a very big part of that. Mm. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> much yeah. as I love the uh, the wavy haired George Michael look alike, uh, in fact I love him from a, a very yeah. serious man crush level, but yeah. he was culpable for most of those
1: goals. He was dreadful. He was. I don't know what happened to him. He went back to last season, crossing all those. Well, no! He just crosses. got
0: rinsed by some very technically good players with he pace, did. and that's. I'm afraid, Marco. <laughs> that that's what dear old Alonso's always been susceptible to. But
2: but, but that's it, and and you know, ditto slightly. Aspira Quetta in a few games this season. Absolutely. I, you know that's where <laughs> it's it's the order of things, isn't it? Um, and Reese James is the future, and, and if he's ready to play now. I'm going you know, to
0: say going to say two words to you, Marco. Go on, uh, Marcus. Uh, Marcus. Uh, um, Marcel Desailly, John Terry. Oh,
2: exactly. You know, exactly, exactly that. Um, you know, John. John Terry was kind of fortunate that um, it was uh, Ranieri, wasn't it? That, yeah. Uh, sort. Of, Pushed him through and saw his potential.
0: Well, arguably, uh, LeBourf uh, went because uh, JT was coming through as well, wasn't he?
2: Exactly. So, you know, I think I think the, what was interesting as well on on Saturday was that the Willian captain thing because you know reconstructed Willian is is a different beast under Lampard. I think part of that is down to Eden Hazard not being there but you know with you know that that team with an average age of i don't know just over 24 years and williams the daddy isn't he at 31 so you need some you need an old head on there i think maybe Jorginho might have been the captain had he not been suspended so it'd be interesting to see how that but he's worked. the
0: vice captain isn't he Jorginho yeah so officially
2: I, but i thought it worked i thought it worked well uh, you know williams I don't know. He's just well, a...
0: let's talk. Let's talk about William, you know, because I, I, I've been, I, look, I, you know, I, I've been on record many, 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 many times. I love William, always have done. Okay, you know, he has his moments, like we all do. Hey, even I've been known to have a bit of a sulk and uh, throw a bit of a, a, a moody. You know, I know it's rare, but it does happen. So I kind of accept that. But I, I've, I've had this theory. In fact, I had this theory before it happened. In fact, because I did say that I thought that when Hazard went, uh, William would willingly take the responsibility and Mm -hmm. i think he as with many other chelsea players kind of you know left it to hazard um which is hardly surprising he was a bloody good player but he really has been liberated from uh, hazard's shadow this year but i think you're right mark i think the key thing is he's he's taken on the responsibility and you know for the William doubters out there when Chelsea were absolute pants and they all chucked it in in uh, Mourinho's anus Horribilis, William didn't. He fought the whole bloody season and he played brilliantly. You know, so you know he's got it in there. Um, and and uh, you know, it's interesting, isn't it? Actually, because Frank, uh, there was a bit of a chat about it, wasn't there, at the weekend? Uh, Frank seems to be quite keen to extend his contract. Do you think that would be a good move, Marco?
2: Yeah, you know. I- Frank Frank clearly values his experience, and I think I think it all boils down to, you know, where where Williams' head's at. You know, he's thirty one, settled in London. Um, you know, not too dissimilar situation to to David Luiz in terms of age, um, and, and experience. You know, does he want to carry on playing at the highest level? I, I think he does. Um, he loves Chelsea um, but you know in in uh, in frank i mean frank clearly values him which you know the, the same could not be said for for louise um you know because louise more of a maverick um so I, I think uh you know who knows you know it depends what william wants to do there could be a, a coaching role in there you know i mean what 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 a what a good uh you know, if you want somebody in in the in the club that's got an inside track on what's going on to get you know some of the cream of the the Brazilian young Brazilian talent over into the academy, why, why not have a Brazilian on the coaching staff? Um, you know, the, the, these things are all possible. I mean, whether he would get game time next season, I don't know. I mean, it, you know, you're talking about selection dilemmas. It's it's sort of interesting the the um, the, the, the rise and rise and rise of uh, Captain America after it looked like he was going to fall between the cracks in the pavement. And now it's, you know, it's sort of Callum Hudson Adoy who's having to take uh, a bit of a back seat. So. Good position
0: you know, we'll, to be in, mate. Absolutely brilliant uh, position to be in, so, I think.
2: So, you know, I, I think if William can stay another season and, you know, wind his career down here and he's happy to do that, then. I think it's great because you know he's got a lot to offer, you know. But it, but it's it's the same story, isn't it? You know, if another if a top club's prepared to grant him game time, um, apparently I think I believe he can talk to overseas clubs in January. So you know, uh, it all depends, doesn't it? You know. I mean, it's a horrible thing to say, but the Brazilians do like a payday, don't
0: they? Well, they do. And I. would be interesting to know how much he's getting paid at Chelsea. I mean, if Emerson's kicking up, then uh, I suspect that they, 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 you know, unless they're like, you know, like Costa got paid ridiculously huge amounts of money, I think. But yeah. on the whole, I think they probably get paid a little bit less. JK, would you, would you, uh, would you warm to Williams sticking it out for at least another year?
1: Yeah, yeah, I think he's been fabulous. And uh, I think he really is um, thriving on Hazard not being there. And I think it was no coincidence that he thrived in the Anna um, in the fact that Hazard was really had really fallen out with Mourinho. Yes, if you remember, absolutely right. And, Good and, point. And, and, didn't, and didn't put in many shifts, and consequently he was seen. He could he saw an opportunity to be considered the best player, which he was. And uh, um, yeah, so I, I I know I'm I'm all for it. He's been uh, he's been fantastic really fantastic and I'm very pleased for him because he, he he's not sulking when he when he uh, other than lying on the ground for two minutes at the end nearly at the end of the Watford game which I think was just a crude attempt to uh, to waste time initially um and that's the one thing I'm, I'm never fond of players just lying down when they don't appear to have much of an injury towards the end of the game because it's so pretty obvious that they're uh, they're shamming as my father used to say but mm. um uh but no, no, I'm, I'm, I would offer it. Uh, but you know, I think the fact that Frank is publicly coming out and saying, um, putting his arm around him in various interviews and saying he's been playing wonderfully, um, uh, points towards uh, him getting a, another year's contract. I mean, at, at whatever price, because um, he's very, very valuable indeed. I, I'm, uh, I think he's a very intricate, perfect cog for the way that we're playing at the moment, because. The, well, I'll keep going on about it. The, the attacking is is inexorable. You think they're going to score every time they attack, which is. And he's, um, he's at the fulcrum of that. He's absolutely involved, isn't he? Absolutely. I, I think the, the, said, the, the Go on, sorry, Go on, mate. Go on, mate. Going to say his, his his flick for uh, for Tammy's goal was sublime, absolutely sublime. Right, wasn't it?
0: I think the other thing, and Marco kind of touched on this, and this, and, and uh, you know, and I and I keep trying. It's, it's I mean, it's funny, isn't it? I don't know if you, you two boys you know, share this feeling. But it's so exciting with all these youngsters coming through. And, I mean, half the team are academy products. And it's just like, oh, my God. But you, I I keep trying to, like, you know, uh, cling on to a bit more reality, which is you've got to have some senior pros in this team, uh, you know, to give them a bit of leadership, to give them a bit of guidance, to give them a bit of experience. You know, you need a balance. So, I, you know, you absolutely need players like William, Jorginho, um, Aspie definitely, you know, you need a few older, wiser heads in there, and he can certainly be that. Just a, I've just had a quick look at uh, William's stats. Actually, he's had he's played 209 games for Chelsea, scored 30 goals. He's also had 69 games for Brazil with nine goals. So, you know, this is a a, a, a real top season pro, and I think you know I would have no problem at all. In uh, in giving him another another year at the Chelsea. Anyway, we've got so much more to talk about, um, including in part two. Uh, we've already met some, mentioned both Pulisic and Abraham fleetingly, but we will talk about them scoring again, um, and also uh, you know a lot of people. Interestingly enough, we're saying Kovacic was uh, man of the match. I think that's not a bad shout either. And of course, Ngolo Kante returned. Uh, we've also got a few more, as always, parish notices, and I shall be plugging the old Chelsea special podcast too. So do not go anywhere.
2: I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the Boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total Nutters and
1: Proper Chelsea.
0: Welcome back. I'm Stamford Chidge and you are listening to the Chelsea Fancast, and I have with me Mr. Jonathan Kidd, whoop, and the loveliest person in SW6, Mr. Mark
2: Worrell. Good evening, sir. Good evening, dear. Good evening,
0: Mark. Good evening.
2: Good evening.
0: <laughs> uh, so there we go. Uh, right, we did mention uh, Tammy Abraham uh, fleetingly in, uh, in in dispatches in part one, and and uh, I mean, I, you know. I've, I don't know I mean you know we've got so many youngsters playing so so well it's like it's it's, it's like hard to know where to turn but uh, Tammy Abraham you could make a very good case for saying really out of all of the youngsters that have uh, come in this season we should be most proud of and most pleased with Tammy Abraham because you know, most people who who've played football at a high level will tell you that the hardest position in the side is the striker, is the number nine, the guy that's supposed to get you the goals. It's the hardest job in football. And you need two great big fat hairy bollocks to do that well. And Tammy Abraham is absolutely doing it. He's got 10 Premier League goals this season. He's second only to Vardy. I've got a couple of other stats here that you'll, you'll both love, uh, particularly the second one. Uh, Tammy Abraham's the first ever academy product to score 10-plus Premier League goals for Chelsea in a single season. Tammy Abraham is the first Academy product since Tommy Langley in 1979 to score 10 plus league goals in the top flight for Chelsea. Uh, The reality is, Marco, um, Tammy Abraham is the real deal, isn't he, mate?
2: Absolutely. Uh, and I I think, again, it's interesting, you know, similarly to Rhys James, um, you know, Tammy tore it up in uh, the championship in terms of scoring goals and, you know, there was that kind of question mark. Well, could he do it um, in 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 the Premier League? I think he had that he had that ropey loan move to Swansea, didn't he? When they um, oh, he
0: went down, didn't they? That season they got relegated,
2: yeah. so he wasn't he wasn't there at a good time. Plus, obviously, he was a little bit younger th- than he is now. But you know, again, you you, you look at. Um, Reece James and and you look at Tammy Abraham and they you know they're both big guys they're, they're mobile. they mobile they've got lots of enthusiasm for the game you know i i mean Tammy Abraham actually reminds me um, a lot of uh, Kerry Dixon just in terms of you know he he can sort of drift out of games a little bit uh, um, but he'll always lead the line and if there's an opportunity to score a goal. He'll be there, and you know he'll he'll score. And I, you know who knows if if he has a you know a, another eight, eight, eight or nine seasons as as Chelsea's go-to striker, <clears throat> he could be knocking on the door of Frank Lampard's um goals. <laughs> oh, steady on, mate. Steady on. Oh, he, <laughs> how many goals is he going to score this season? Well. He's on ten, and we're only a third of the way through the season. Mate, I,
0: I, I'm going to lump on him getting twenty. Oh. You always
1: said that Chicho, that he get twenty. You said Didn't that
2: I? at
0: the beginning of the
1: season. Yeah, but yeah. well, he hasn't yet, mate.
0: But I tell you what, no, when no, he no, does, no, I'm no. going to go potty. No. I, can, I, yeah.
1: can I? Can yeah. I be less less enthusiastic? Of about course, you. Jonathan. I wouldn't have it any other way. Thank you very much. I thought he was. <laughs> I, I thought he wasn't. I thought he He wasn't at his best against uh, Palace. But but like terrific strikers. He took his goal wonderfully. Yeah, absolutely, that right. that really was fantastically taken. His calmness in the box is is peerless. Deadly, isn't and he? I love it. His ability just to size up the situation, side foot the ball past the goalie really quickly was, uh, and get him and be in position and avoid being offside. But um, but occasionally he. Uh, he doesn't quite get the headers. He gets slightly bossed by center half. Well, I, I do you know what? He's going to have to work on.
0: Well, I was going to say that, jake I think that's a really good spot because in my, my tedious notes, which you, you remember that I take while I'm at the game and look yeah. a bit of a prick by doing it and get abuse, but hey-ho. Um, it's just because I'm getting old and I can't remember anything, so I have to write stuff down now because I do this fucking show on a Monday. But I made a note of that. I thought, particularly in the first half, um, he was getting you know, bullied by Cahill and whoever the other Palace uh, centre-half Tomkins, is. Tomkins, Tomkins. Thank I you. Think. Yeah, you know, proper old-school, you know, physical centre-halves and also experienced, you know, wily. They know how to, how to get a, a guy like that off the ball. And I also thought, it, it, you know, it, I think actually in the bigger picture, you know, Palace came with a, a game plan as we all knew they would, which was to flood the midfield. And Chelsea have had a lot of, difficulties actually the one the few difficulties they have had this season is playing against teams who will do that and finding a way around them but and and as you you know as i said abraham was getting absolutely no change out of, of the center backs plus the fact that he wasn't really getting any service either because the midfield was flooded but i well, think they all went up a gear
1: though didn't they change in the second half they did they had more pace yeah, yeah, yeah they, they, they quickened it and up when there's more pace that's where he's in his element because he's absolutely really right absolutely that really right what that that's his major attribute is his but, pace for a centre forward like that, and he's he's gangly and big, and he's uh, um, he just needs to improve certain areas. He needs to improve his heading. He needs to improve that element of his strength. But but the the goal scoring in the penalty area was um, was was great. Can well, I just that's, say that's, thing? That, well, hang on a minute. Just let me finish the yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. I hadn't yeah. quite finished yet. Okay, but sorry, the, sorry. No, that's all right. Yeah. The the the
0: point I was about to make was that. Um, you know when you when you when you're up against it like you were in the first half and it was difficult and he wasn't getting the kind of service that he needed to have the the concentration to seize the one chance he he got the one real chance he got a bit of William magic that's what it needed to open the game up wasn't it and I think one one of you said that in part one it's but me, you, yeah it, yeah it was you yeah he absolutely took his chance and that is what you want from a striker you know and I and I, and I I'm, that was so pleasing to see you know he got one chance and he took it.
1: That's what you want. He Took it marvellously. It wasn't just a question of taking it. It was that ability just to size up and then stroke the ball into the corner was just absolute sheer class. And that was yeah. absolutely great. You just you take your hat off. And one point I wanted to make, I don't know if um, <clears throat> uh, I mentioned this at all, was that um, uh, it's interesting to see players improving within this setup because as the season's gone on, as we've said, absolutely everybody on mix, I'm sure is saying, Kovacic has become phenomenal. I thought Kovacic had another brilliant game. These huge passes he plays accurately. But the other player who I'm absolutely um, so enthusiastic about is Batshuayi, who in the penalty area, and even outside the penalty area, his ability to control the ball, turn the centre-half, and have a shot is just absolutely... I've used the word phenomenal already. It's great. It's just... it's The chances he creates for himself out of nothing... Are fantastic and i think as a as a pairing after you've had you know you've got the you've had you've had uh um tammy moving them all over the place and running them ragged and then he comes on and he's this this large bull-like player i i, I think it's a fantastic combination i'm not convinced that that, that batch can last 90 minutes because he's not quite quite the same he's not as mobile as as tammy is. doesn't fit the 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 quality of the buzzing bee. he's more line. of a battering ram isn't he yeah, he is, but not, but he's a battering ram with with fantastic skill, and you can see why he's got in ahead of Giroux. Because he's really gone up a, a notch as a player, so there's something that they're doing in the training and the coaching. But they just need to. They, they, one thing they need to do is get let, teach Kovacic how to shoot. For God's sake! <laughs> can we to well, and back. and Williams'
0: bloody free kicks. I mean, he needs oh, to get his God, radar God. sorted. We had, we had
1: six free kicks,
2: didn't we, in a, yeah, in a short I space of time? I, I, I have to say, I'll share this with
0: Marco because because he, he will appreciate this, sitting where he sits. But I made a complete twat of myself with that uh, free kick on the right at the end of uh, the first half Marco because I absolutely leapt up I, I thought William had scored it was a real I classic too, yeah. yeah classic case of you yeah. thought he had scored you were wrong you were wrong yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I had to sit down going red faced and rather embarrassed in fact actually I met a lovely bloke at the. it's really funny I mean you, you you you've got a load of people that um have been sitting with you for years haven't you down in gate 17 yeah, where, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a bit more fluid where I sit but um there is a bloke who 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 sits almost next to me. Uh, who, who I think he's been there for quite a while. But for some reason, he he chose Saturday to strike up a conversation with me. And he was a lovely bloke, bloke called Johnny in his flat cap. You know, quite an old guy, you know. And we were talking about uh, the young players and comparing it to, you know, Eddie McCready's side, which I think he quite enjoyed. So I, I had a lovely... I had a lovely chat with my neighbour, which doesn't normally happen to me, but there you go. Um, anyway, uh, Jonathan mentioned Kovacic, and in fact Marco also mentioned Kovacic in dispatches, and I, I know we 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 did him uh, to death last week, and and I'm just absolutely loving the fact that, uh, as Jonathan was saying, he he's totally upping his game, uh, you know, and and I I think arguably man of the match, but you know he was very instrumental in the build up for uh, for Tammy's goal but of course uh the main man Kante is back but i be honest marco um you know it's really good to see him back but i did feel you know understandably it has to be it has to be said understandably not up to speed yet wasn't wasn't quite the Kante that we know and love i don't think
2: uh, well i think part of that is um we we've, we've kind of over the past uh, few weeks got got used to this um Jorginho, Kovacic, um, you know, ju- dual sort of front in in midfield um, that, that that's working so well, uh, and I think maybe I don't know. Uh, I, I sort of am worried about Kante now, just in terms of um, his his general fitness. Uh, I, I keep I'm concerned he gets played. You know he'll go he'll play a whole game even though he's, he's not fit and I'm just I'm worried he's not fit now uh, you know and it'll be interesting to see how his minutes are managed and and if of all the dilemmas in fact that, that you you mentioned earlier, I think um, if, if Kante is fully fit uh, that that is the big dilemma um, just in terms of um, that, you know how, how does how does that midfield look? Um, with a fit Kante, a fit Jorginho, a fit Kovacic? Is it those three? Um, and what does that mean for um, you know Mason Mount? Uh, how does that shape up for the future? Because Kante is another player, isn't he? I mean, he's, I think he's is he 29, Kante? Um, yeah, he's got to be about that. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, it, it might be, it could be that Kante could. Um, could kind of be sold... Go in January. Well, no, no, I don't think it'd go in January. No, no, I'm No, we
0: believe you, Jonathan, because we know uh, that Ron told you that.
2: Yes. <laughs> Kante, you know, Kante... I love Kante. I, I, I want Kante to be in the Chelsea team.
0: He's 28, on, mate. 29 in March.
2: OK, so, you know, if, if Real Madrid were willing to stump up 100 million for him... Um, and you look at what we've got in that midfield, you know, loftus cheat, to come back. Um, you've got Gilmore there. You've got Mount. Um, Connor
0: Gallagher coming through.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, 100 million. Mm. You know, because it's not, it's not as if we've been missing him. I mean, it's great to have him back, and we all said that, but we haven't been missing him, which... Um, is an extraordinary thing to say. It's
1: just astonishing, isn't it,
0: to to, to think that we can even think that. Well, after the I mean, last couple
1: of years, well, it's because but it's because we're playing in a different style, isn't it? It was he suits perfectly if we're um, if we're breaking um, and the opposition uh, uh, they similarly um, get us hit us on the break um, because he has that ability to get back and 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 dull attacks doesn't he but uh if, if if all we're doing is is you know getting the ball up front as quickly as possible to all the players and the passing is quick he's you wonder what his role actually is in that setup
0: yeah so, but i i think i i can't believe i'm saying this but in defense of kanto as i said i i do think it was you know saturday was not a game to judge him on i think he, he is no, kind of work, w- working it. Isn't yeah he's he? working his way back to full match fitness which is not the same as fitness But I think if you go back to, I mean, do you know what? I can't even remember who it was against now. It might have even been Liverpool. But he scored that absolutely wonderful solo goal.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know,
0: he's got, I I think it's such a misnomer to go, oh, well, you know, all Kante could do was be the, you know, the last line of defence and the the the, destroyer in midfield. Or, oh, well, Kante kind of, we can stick him out wide and he can be an auxiliary winger. I mean the thing is Kante is such a phenomenally good football he could do all of those in any of them and I think that he can fit into pretty much any system Frank decides to play and I thought it was really interesting that he already has had, had begun to look a different kind of player for us in midfield than the one that we had uh, grown accustomed to last year and of course the year before that so you know I I I, I, I hear what you're saying Marco but you know, he, Andy Willis says this on Mixer, and I couldn't agree more with it. He is our one genuinely world-class player at the moment, and you don't let them go. I can't. I can't see that,
1: Jonathan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. No, I'm just trying to work out what the best permutation would be for for Frank's attacking. You know, because it it is uh, it's a joy to behold the pace that they play at. I mean, they're still slightly getting if if you if you don't score a lot of goals. Um, in that beginning, it happened again on Saturday, which is that we we created lots of chances at the beginning but couldn't put them away. But we weren't playing at the same pace we normally do. But um, then, but it was just it was great to see they went up this gear and you thought, well, they're going to score in a minute, aren't they? And uh, and they and they did. So, um, but yeah, no, yeah, it would be foolish to uh, to to get rid of Kante because he obviously I, he he I'm sure he'll come up to the kind of standard of performance we're used to the fitter he gets. Um, because he's, uh, he, as you say, completely world-class. It's interesting to see whether Jorginho uh, um, now is, is considered world-class, as he was when he was transferred originally from... Uh, Not
0: far from, off it, man. McL- yeah, yeah. Being one of our best performers this season, without a doubt. I mean, yeah, that's yeah. an interesting point, actually, because I, I, I did wonder, uh, you know, watching the game on Saturday... Um, you know wh- wh- whether we were actually missing him because what what he can do is he can come up with that defence splitting pass like he did against Watford for Tammy and you know we it, you know Palace are a decent side this season you know Hodgson may be many things but he knows how to organise a side and he's re- he's got them really well organised and they were proving quite a tough nut to crack and I just felt that maybe Jorginho, you know could have could have been the guy to open them up. Do you think, Marco? Yeah.
2: I think the most gratifying thing about Jorginho's progress is that you never hear a sentence with his name in it and the word register this season. <laughs> <laughs> very true.
0: Very true. Very true. He's yep. off the register, mate. Totally. I agree.
2: All, all yep. that did you not watch Napoli nonsense last season? Yeah. So did you, you not Did you not watch
0: Chelsea last
2: season? Well, gra- yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I mean, and the fact that you know, no, it's almost as if last season didn't happen. To it be it
0: didn't. It didn't, did it? Actually, we, we were all hibernating. We woken up this season, and yeah. it's all wonderful again.
2: Despite the fact you know we finished third and won the Europa League, but I think you know the the the, the way Frank uh, conducts himself, the the, the the setup he's got there, the fact that he's brought through young players, the fact that the team's winning. Um, you know, all, all of those things joined up uh, uh, a wonderful glue that's binding the club together now at every level um, that that hasn't existed for you know for a long, long time. Um, in, in in my opinion, and and I think you know all of these players. I think we've already said you know there are very few players in that group who you think well you know. Then they're not as good as they they were previously. You know, you, you've got those players that are taking criticism, but they took criticism previously. There's nothing new. You know, you've got players there who are playing w- with um, more freedom of expression. You know, Jorginho obviously is is one. Um, Kovacic looks a different player. Willian. You know, although, you know, the hazard factor might be a part of that. I, I just think it's, you know, what a time to be alive. Yeah. Imagine
0: imagine not being Chelsea.
2: Well, exactly,
0: yeah. We I know. That. Uh, uh, talk, talking of imagining not being Chelsea, um, it was really lovely to see uh, Gary Cahill getting such a, a rousing <laughs> uh, reception towards the end of the match. Um, it was very sad, I think, what happened to Gary Cahill uh, last season, and he was a, a wonderful servant to the club and as Frank rightly said he won it all while he was with us. Very few people can say that um, and he was really lovely about us afterwards I I, I I do love that about us Jonathan i think we're we're a a, a love i mean you know we have our moments uh, uh, admittedly, but I think on the whole when it comes to former players coming back
1: apart from gordon jury we're you know we're a and very william, and william gallus and and uh, and um Poiet. Gus Poyot, well, I'm, I'm,
0: I'm as things. you know, I'm disappointed about the Poet thing because I don't think Poyet deserves that. Gallus deserved foolish. everything.
1: He was foolish to kiss the badge.
0: Well, he was, but he, he was playing for somebody else and for fuck's sake, grow up. But Gallus deserves everything he got, in my opinion. Uh, as uh, did there was Jukebox. a lovely
1: moment with, uh, with Gary Cahill in the beginning of the second half when he was um, towards a Matthew Harding when everybody sang One Gary Cahill and he was so embarrassed. That, <laughs> he was, wasn't um, he? <laughs> that he did a kind of bizarre (laughs) dance did you notice that that. he did a kind of sort of square He, he did he went backwards and then to the left then to the right and forwards again and i thought what is that what well, it, what kind it, of warm-up it's not a warm-up at all it's utter embarrassment and yeah, and, yeah. and uh but pl- pleasure at the same time you know a yeah. kind of oops you know i don't really know what to do but it's that like, you want me i think he felt it was it wasn't the right form to actually wave at anybody because he plays for palace so it went it went into his feet it was it was so funny I couldn't
0: believe yeah absolutely. Um, The other thing, I I can't do this show without mentioning for the second week in a running that Mike Dean is, in fact, officially a prick. Um, (laughs) You know, 20 fouls. I mean, basically, every time we had an attack, particularly in the first half, we got fouled uh, and Palace got about two bookings. We did two fouls and we got two bookings. Marco, I mean, he is the worst of a very bad bunch, isn't he?
2: They're all the same. They've know. all
1: got worse. They've all got worse. Sorry, Marco. Yeah. yeah.
2: Michael Oliver, you know, I, th- I think I tweeted a, a, in my half-time summary that Mike Dean was doing his best to make sure it was all about him as per usual. Yeah. yeah. You know, I think it is what it is with those guys. That they're, they're all the same. There's nobody, um, I don't know, the refs the refs are not at the right standard. Um, no, none of them. Absolutely agree.
1: I think Michael Olive was descended to their level, I'm afraid. Yeah, I've, and he's supposed to be the best. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, I think what the solution... Decisions yesterday about handball were just absolutely atrocious. Liverpool one was, you know, was obviously a penalty and then up the other end, it, it, it wasn't a penalty and yet it's given the other way round, you know. Obviously, and and Shearer said last night that... Um, they couldn't. Uh, they 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 had to award the goal because it had been some time since the last one. Well, you can't run football like that. There's a foul up one end. So you decide mm, it's it's gone. on. It was too long ago. So I'll, I'll just have to let the goal go. No, it's a it's handball. It's a penalty. You know, you don't you don't just not give it. After. I can't believe what's going on at the moment. They're just so poor. Sorry, Marco, I interrupted you with my rant. Sorry.
2: I forgot what I was going to say.
1: Sorry, sorry <laughs> I know sorry. that feeling, mate. Me. Forgive I'll me. I tell you Fence,
2: what,
1: venison pie on me.
2: Fence and wish Mark Meehan a happy birthday.
0: Well, well done, Mark. You beat He's me to it, bloke. I, I, yeah, I I just happened to 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 open Twitter to see if anybody was being rude about us because just you know I do I do do this from time to time, people. So just be warned. And uh, I see a flood of happy birthday messages to the lovely Mark Meehan, also known as Eddie McCready's uh, blue and White Army. Uh, and as Marco said, he's what he. Uh, Ma- Mark is one of Chelsea... You know, there are a lot of lovely people at Chelsea, but Mark Meehan is is arguably one of the nicest. And, of course, he's the man that's behind the uh, the big sleep-out at Stamford Bridge together with uh, Cliff Auger. So uh, he deserves a healthy round of applause for that. But... Uh, uh, hopefully uh mark 's having a lovely birthday he says he's he 's opened your Prezi, which includes a copy of your book mark so uh yes uh, so there you go so happy birthday, Eddie McCready, also known as mark lovely lovely chap um actually while i 'm on on the subject of uh you know uh, announcements and stuff, I had some very 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 sad news that i I from uh from Facebook earlier, which was that uh, a chap called Nick Warner has very sadly passed away, who was a uh, a great bastion and friend of the Chelsea Fancast uh, Facebook groups and Mike Keegan in particular, and a lot of the people that, uh, in a sense, you know, they 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 listened to this show from the word go and kind of made it what it was. So I was very sad to learn that. So we are all kind of metaphorically raising a glass to to Nick Warner and uh, rest in peace, Nick, and uh, condolences to all of his friends and family. So there we go. I'm glad I got there; and otherwise, I might have forgotten, and that would have been terrible. So. Uh, there we go. Um, right, I'd just like to kind of wrap the, the football bit up uh, on on this, if I can. And I've, I've stolen this from some bloke on Twitter. He might recognise who it is. But uh, almost a third of the Premier League season is done, and Chelsea are in th- uh, third in the table, largely thanks to Man City. Um, but we're one, head, one point ahead of City. We're nine points ahead of Arsenal, ten points ahead of Man United, twelve points ahead of Spurs. Absolutely bloody marvellous. None of us, I'm sure, Marco, None of us would have expected that at the beginning of the season.
2: I recognise that. <laughs>
0: yeah, was that that would be you, mate? I nicked it off you.
2: <laughs> I know, I, honestly, as 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 I, as I mentioned earlier, you know, it's just absolutely fantastic. You know, I'm down at that CFC UK stall hours before kickoff. You know, and you you get to gauge the mood over you know, the years that I've been there and, and just everybody can't wait to get in the stadium. It, you know, people are just, you know, it's almost, I don't know the, the result, the result doesn't matter. It's just, everything's joined up. Um, and, and it's all going in the right direction. If anything, we've kind of got there a lot quicker than we thought we would do. You know, I mean, I, you know, I went, I went to the opening game of the season at Old Trafford, uh, we didn't deserve to lose 4-0 but we did lose 4-0 um you know and and from that point to being um you know joint joint non points um in 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 the table uh is is phenomenal really you know it really is and it's a testament you know it really is down to Frank Lampard i know he's got a team of you know, he's got Jody there with him. But, you know, Frank's the man. And all of that that, that we're looking at is, is down to, um, you know, him <clears throat> totally understanding the football club and the resources, um, you know, within that academy. Would would the same thing have happened, you know, had, had he been given the £200 million war chest to go and sign players in the summer? Who knows? But, you know who cares really
0: yeah yeah absolutely right mate um i mean one thing i would say jonathan is uh sorry marco you you have more to say
2: okay
0: one thing that that does occur to me jonathan i hate to be the harbinger of doom here but uh it's all going very 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 well at the moment but it ain't always going to be going very well you know, why there, not, are, there, why there are, well, why because, there, because there are downs as well as ups, mate. There will be blips. There will be points where, you know, maybe we're getting a, a run of bad results and Frank's scratching his head and can't quite figure out what to do.
1: The Man um, United game was a blip. I didn't enjoy that.
0: Well, that was, it was too early to be a blip. It was just a bad start. But you know what I mean? What I, I think the thing is, the reality is that Frank will earn his mettle as a coach when it's not all going well when we have a, a, a run of bad form we don't win a few games for a while um and that's where they are in their corner and 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 i have this awful fear that the club you know will do their usual not being patient when actually what they need to do is to support the team and the guys that are are managing the team and give them a bit of patience because i actually i think what i'm trying to say is that what i've seen so far in terms of results and performances and the way that the youngsters have have, have been brought in and, and assimilated into the squad, the way that the senior players have also improved, I think is proof that Frank is good enough. So, you know, I think he deserves, you know, when times don't go so well, to be given a bit of patience to work through that. Do you not agree?
1: You are the harbinger of doom.
0: No, I'm just a realist, mate.
1: The realist harbinger of doom. I'm a real harbinger of doom. The real real harbinger of doom (laughs) is pissed. pissed. The pissed.
0: pissed. I'm definitely Um, pissed. Well, I'm not tonight. But but I have been known to be. Yeah,
1: um, yeah, of course, of course. But why? Why does it have to be so? Why does it have to be that? Because it's life, mate.
0: There are ups as downs as well as ups, mate.
1: Yeah, but when we won the league in two thousand and five and two thousand and six, we didn't. We had the odd loss, but we didn't. You know, it, it didn't work that way. It, uh, yeah, obviously we're going to lose, obviously. But um, uh, if we keep going for it, they'll still have everybody at the end of the game. Will still be singing, "We love you, Chelsea." Yeah, I think.
0: Which is well, joyous. I don't think I don't. I think he'll he'll he Frank will have a hundred and fifty percent support from the majority of Chelsea fans you know, until the day he dies, mate. I mean, I, he will never lose that support. I just cannot see that happening. But it's not its not the supporters I worry about. I mean, I'm kind of weaving this in, Jonathan. I'm kind of weaving yeah. this into to um, a bit of naughtiness that occurred uh, after the City match yesterday. Now, I didn't actually get to see it live because I was on air for Love Sport at the time. But apparently afterwards, jo- Jose did his usual slide dig at Chelsea stroke Frank Although you could argue that he might have a point, because he was saying he's saying, well he, he was still worried that whilst we've been doing really, really really well, you know we need to prove it against the big sides. Um, and I think he's alluding to city coming up. Liverpool away, that kind of thing. I mean, I would have instantly, if, I, if I'd have been there in the studio with Jose, I would have said, yeah, but hang on a minute, mate. We did go to Ajax the other week and uh, we were the first team to beat Ajax in a Champions League match over there yeah. for five years. So I think that proves that he can do it in a big match. But maybe he has got a point. Maybe we do have to, to prove that we can do that. Well, what did you think? see
1: his team, the team that he wanted to select at the weekend? What, uh, um, well, Jose? Yeah, there was a team. No, I didn't. Was, I was, didn't. Tell me more. Well it had Pedro playing it had Pedro and Alonso. Oh, do, do, can and in you fact, can
0: you remember the team
1: yeah it was well it was the. it was the team without any of the youth it was um so it's Alonso, uh, as piquetta right back um uh, christensen and uh, um uh, 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 and zuma because there's nobody else if you if you don't play tamari um or Gu- Gui. um uh, he did play Kovacic and Jorginho together but uh, and Kante um and Kante and uh um no Pulisic no Mount no Abraham it was Giroud up front
2: <laughs> what a wanker yeah <laughs> i think well, didn't Jody Morris take the piss out of him on, it, on his instagram account yes he did yes.
0: he did he did i'm sorry but that's just absolutely fucking batshit i mean if that doesn't prove everything that we suspected uh, but I, I had a really interesting discussion about Mourinho, who, look, uh, hand hand on heart here, I, I love the guy. I mean, I will never forget the joy that he brought to me and so many other Chelsea supporters for so long. You know, you cannot just dismiss that. But I had a very interesting chat with, with Dave Laguna on the Love Sports Show yesterday, because, of course, there's all this uh, rumour-mongering that uh, Mourinho might go to Arsenal. And, um, you know, we, we were saying much the same. We were saying that, you know... If anything, the Man United job, following hot on the heels from his failure with us, proves that he's not developed as a manager. He is he is a one-trick pony, and those days are gone. You know, like Ferguson did so well, because he constantly, constantly, constantly changed the way he managed and adapted. But Mourinho just doesn't seem to. And I think if he can't see we are so much better this year because we've actually integrated the youth then I don't know what to say. I had no idea about that, J.K. You floored me with that. Absolutely floored me. I have nothing to say on that. Amazing.
1: Um, yeah, it's it's. You know, he, he's. Um, uh, he. It would obviously be a completely different style of football. It would be a very um, uh, safe way of playing with all the oldsters. It wouldn't be um, uh, with with emphasis much more on on uh, containing. And, and getting teams on the break which is not the way frank's playing at all um, not but, but sorry go on go on no, i was going to say to uh, your 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 harbinger of doom um, um statement is such to me i can't uh, if he's if he's constantly getting decent players in and then has a war chest as well which he has 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 as well i really i can only see uh, the team getting better and better the only way is up to conjurer a song title from Can the Can you 80s. sing it?
2: Yeah. The only way is up Baby You need the <laughs> okay. There you go.
0: Jonathan Kidd doing his best Barry Gibbs impersonation, Marco. <laughs> yes and
2: the plastic population. Indeed. Yes, we all remember it. Absolutely.
0: Get on one matey. Um, I mean I'm I'm abs- I really am quite flabbergasted by what 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 uh, the, the team that Jose selected was one thing I, I will agree with though Marco because uh, you know I'm a realist I'm a pragmatist at the end of the day and I and I do love how we're playing and it is all a bit gung-ho but we do need to tighten up volume 88 at the back and uh, I th- I think you know what you know I can't I can't on the one hand criticize Sarri for not being pragmatic uh, and adapting tactically to situations like I did a lot last year and and then give Frank a free pass on it. So I think I think Jose's got a point that sometimes you know you've got to be pragmatic in the way that you play. And if you're playing against a team who are much better than you, you can't just go all gung ho because you're going to get rinsed. More on that later. But you, you see what I mean? Is there is there some sense in
2: that? Yeah, I, um, a, lo- a lot of sense. <laughs> <laughs> Waiting. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, sorry. Oh, no. <laughs> can i just say brilliant. i, just say, Absolutely I, I brilliant.
1: think there's a lot of sense in that as well <laughs> oh,
0: okay thank you oh, i feel i feel totally vindicated I, I, what I, what can i say yeah. I shall retire. Well that, that well, thank you everybody for listening for eleven years to the Chelsea Fedcast. It's time for me to go home and retire. There you go.
1: You've been listening to That's a Lot of Sense, starring yeah,
0: Stanford Cheer. I saw I saw a clip of uh, Donald Trump giving a speech today and he, he 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 was reading something out and then there was a pause and then he just said something nobody seems to know what he was talking about is that kind of a moment absolutely brilliant all right i think uh, we've done all that to death uh but as always interesting stuff and fascinating stuff from you lot a uh, couple of quick parish notices to spew out um the last chance for me to plug uh the big sleep out and by the way actually marco thank you so much for uh uh giving it the big large one last night it's very sweet of you Um, But yes, of course, there are people yet to be discovered in the Amazon rainforest who know that next Saturday evening I will be freezing my bollocks off, trying to attempt to stay warm in a sleeping bag, uh, amongst many others at Stamford Bridge, all in uh, aid of charity uh, for uh, the Glassdoor Charity for the Homeless and uh, the Sir Oswald Stoll Foundation that looks after homeless veterans. That's all in a very, very good cause. There's a load of us... uh, doing it um, so amazing how we've managed to raise so much money because of course we all know the same people which is a bit of a uh, an issue I would have thought but there you go um, if you can find your way to do it and find you know just bung us a, a few quid to the to the charities I would be very very grateful um, for those of you who have done so so far and there are many 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 of you and you are all absolutely fantastic for doing so and I love you to pieces for it but uh, the place to go is UK.VirginMoneyGiving.com forward slash David Chigi. Uh, And uh, it's all over my Facebook and the Twitter stuff, so it's not hard to find. So uh, I think I've pinned it to my at Stanford Chidge account. So if you want to go and bunk some money to some very deserving charities, I'd be very grateful. Homelessness, as I've said many a time on this show, is an absolute blight on modern day society. There is no... Absolutely no excuse for it at all. It just shouldn't exist, and sadly it does. And if you if you live and work in London, then you'll be very aware of it because you cannot go anywhere without seeing some poor bloke wrapped in a blanket trying to keep warm and, uh, and begging for a bit of change. So there you go. All right, enough of the uh, polemic. Uh, and now to the more begging, but of a more personal variety. Well, it's not really. I mean, you, you absolutely have freedom of choice here. But we do have a Patreon account, which... Uh, it's, it's basically i like to look at it as as the hardcore uh of the chelsea fancast support all live in the patreon world uh and you know in the vain hope that one day i will actually do what we're supposed to do with patreon and give you premium content and and special stuff that i don't do anywhere else but i'm so busy i never get around to it although of course the infamous kerry dixon banners the mini banners will be winging their way to those of you who have requested one on patreon um slight spanner in the works as I was supposed to be meeting the great man on Saturday to sign uh, the 20-odd banners that uh, have been requested. But uh, as it was an early kick-off, he was impossible to track down before the game, so I just didn't manage to see him. But hopefully I will be seeing him uh, fairly soon, at uh, the latest, the West Ham game on the 30th of November, at which point I'll get him to do a bulk signing, and then I will get them all in the post to you. But if you want to have a mini Kerry banner, uh, some, hopefully signed, but no guarantee, of course, uh, then join us on Patreon and, and let me know. Um, it, you, you can donate whatever you like, as little or as much as you want. Uh, it's a monthly fee, and it does help uh, me keep this show going, and you can go to Patreon.com forward slash chelsea fancast and of course you can always send little messages there which i can either laugh at uh in a nice way obviously or read out on the show depending on uh your preference now uh, another little venture that i'm involved with with the the legend uh that is martin king the godfather of chelsea fans as i like to call him and a very fine lovely bloke he is too uh, but it was his idea. Actually, Marco's on the show tonight. It's all Marco's fault. Cause you, you basically said he came up to you, didn't he, Martin? And said, do you know who does podcasts?
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Martin, Martin, I mean, you probably know Martin's um, battled back from uh, cancer and, and he's, he's, he's uh, returned to uh, do some selling duty on, on the CFC UK stall after a couple of years out. And, um, he was chatting earlier in the season. He said, oh, I've had this idea. Uh, and I said, I, I think you need to speak to Chidge. So, yeah, guilty. Yeah.
0: No, no, not guilty at all. I mean, mate, I, 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 I mean, I absolutely... I mean, Martin and I are probably about the oddest couple you will ever find. I mean, we couldn't be more different. Uh, but we absolutely get... Oh, I love the bloke. I absolutely love him. And we absolutely have a, a, a an absolute riot when we're doing these and a real giggle but we're basically going around interviewing lots of uh, former Chelsea players some real real legends and uh, because we kind of know our onions and we're pretty good at what we do that we're getting some cracking interviews uh but we're also paying the players because we feel that you know they didn't earn a lot of money out of the game and they deserve to be paid for their time which means we have to charge for them uh because if if i tell you that to date we've put in over a grand uh, that gives you an idea of how expensive it is to put this together. So we do need to claw the money back. So we do have to charge. And we're covering that by charging £2.99 per episode. Thus far, we've got Kerry Dixon, Bobby Tambling, Ron Chopper-Harris, Tommy Baldwin, Johnny Boyle, John Bumpstead, Gary Chivers, Colin Pates and Canners in the can. But there are more. We're going to be doing, hopefully, Danny Harkins, who, uh, for those of you who don't know, Marco will remember him. Uh, but Danny was the leader of the Shed Boys in the late 60s and early 70s and a fascinating character. Uh, so we're going to be doing him on the 22nd of November, hopefully. And so there'll be a few people like that bunged in as well as a few players. So they they are absolutely brilliant. And the thing that I would say is, I mean, if the Kerry one, if you've, if you've listened to the Kerry one that I uh, released last week, uh, I mean, that's probably the most forthright I've ever heard Kerry in an interview. And I think a, a lot of that was down to the fact that he knows both me and Martin and Felt very, you know, free to to, to say what he felt, uh, and it's absolutely just, they're just gold dust. They really are. I mean, I know I'm biased because I've done them, but they really, really, really are. I'm a fan as well, so, you know, I can see it from both sides. Anyway, if you want to get involved with this, it's very easy. You go to chelseaspecial.podbean, P-O-D-B-E-N. B-E-A-N, sorry, dot com. There will be a website soon, chelseaspecial.com. We're trying to get it finished off at the moment. Um, And uh, at the moment, I'm warehousing it on the chelseafancast.com website. So if you go to chelseaspecial.com, on the ChelseaFanCast.com website. You'll find all the information about it. I put up a blog with all the career stats and a few YouTube clips of the players in action, which is quite a giggle to go and look at. So, ChelseaSpecial.Podbean.com. £2.99. It's easy to do. Follow us on Twitter at Chelsea underscore special. And, of course, we're the Chelsea Special on Facebook. There you go. Enough of me rabbiting on. Uh, in part three, it'll be Jonathan's turn when we've got loads and loads of emails. Cheech. G- JK
1: fans real opinions i'm jason cundy and you're listening to the chelsea football fancast up the chelsea football fancast.com
0: right welcome back this is the chelsea fancast i am stanford chidge and uh we're already in part three tonight uh we've had our little half-time break uh None, none of us got pulled off, uh, but we did have a lemon. Uh, anyway, um, actually, yes, I've always wanted to ask you this, Mark. You've often described the uh, lemon break as the lemon break. And I got asked a question by somebody the other week on the radio. So why did you call it the, the lemon break? Because you don't get a lemon at half time, you get an orange.
1: It was originally a lemon.
0: What? Why would anybody want to suck on a lemon unless they were bitter?
1: Well, hey, yeah, clever, huge. but um, I don't know. It was a kind of... Um... That was just what happened, you know. You didn't question these things when you were younger. You no. were handed a lemon. I remember when I was eight and we were in a school match and we were handed lemons at half time. You know, you had a there was something supposed to be about. We always thought it was there was something in a lemon that would give you more energy than an orange. I don't know. It would make you go, oh God, that's a bit horrible. Oh, I better play better. I don't know. I don't know what it was.
0: I mean, I've I've sucked a lemon usually in combination with salt and tequila, Marco, but never on its own. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or a fig roll. <laughs> Indeed. Oh, I, I always like we fig go. rolls immensely. I always Yeah, I like fig rolls. Very yeah. moorish.
0: Yeah. yeah, definitely. All right, enough of uh, biscuit and lemon <laughs> talk. Uh, it's time it's for emails, uh, Jonathan.
2: Carbohydrates. You what? Fig rolls are, are much better because they're full of simple and complex car- carbohydrates, providing a footballer with a consistent amount of energy distribution in the second half.
0: Well there you go i i i now i feel i feel schooled, Marco, very much schooled, um Jonathan, take it away. This is from
1: Peter Keane. Hi, Chidge, Jonathan. No, no, no. Where's email one? Oh, sorry. I'm so sorry. I suddenly saw this enormous great email and thought, it must be me. But no, I've got the one with the one line, everybody. okay? (laughs) I'm not trying to say anything. It's just the way way it works uh, out. uh, Thanks very much. I've enjoyed (laughs) working with you, Chidge. But um, (laughs) it's uh, it's not working for me. (laughs) Quality. (laughs) I'll swap if you want. Uh, yeah. uh, can i say this line is so weird that i can't actually see all of it on my computer screen <laughs> it slipped into the next bit here i'll see if i can look at it on my oh, phone hang yeah. on do, would well, do you want me to do it no, no, you, I'm, no all right, i'm all right, happy all right. to do it chidge i'm happy to do, <laughs> i'm happy to do the one line <laughs> <laughs> yeah good. good that's really good thank you I'm finding <laughs> it's downloading on my phone downloading Chelsea I tell you what I'll get up I'll read it slowly and then by the time this is downloaded <laughs> I may have got to the end of the of the of the, of the line um here we go and oh no, I can find it properly here my phone has just revealed it revealing it to me here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. That used to be a song. Used to, yes, one Um Oh, it's not just one line. It's three lines. Oh, that's interesting. It's only got one line on my thingy. Uh, getting there. Getting there. Everybody. La 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 la. Here we are.
0: Well, the, oh, you got it.
1: Yeah, there. Yeah, thank you. Um, it's from Shane. Shane. Sorry, Shane. Sorry. How are you? Um, good morning, Chich. I've been meaning to ask. I notice a couple of British fans and commentators slip into saying Abraham's. Instead of Abraham, Chidge, you do that occasionally. No, do you I have, don't. Oh, I'm sorry, Chidge. I have re- great memory of you doing it. Do you have any guesses why? Is uh, 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 is having no s really rare or something? Um, no, I think he's called um, Abraham because that's his name. And Abraham's <laughs> is um, uh, is a is a name that is lots of other people have with Abraham, don't they? It's um, I can't think of anybody immediately, but. Um, uh, Aren't there film stars who have Abrahams? No, it's it's you're absolutely correct. They do, don't they? But it's definitely Abraham without the S. Um, but um, so uh, well, I'm, I've got I've, a theory. You've got a theory. What's that?
0: I've got a theory um, because uh, it's basically they're stupid is the easy answer. But uh, if you if you if you listen to Talk Sport, you'll know that there is a guy called Ian Abrahams uh, or the Moose. So I would suspect there's a little bit of kind of cognitive dissonance going on. So uh, that suddenly they, you know, it happens. Things lodge in your brain. So maybe they mistakenly call Tammy Abrahams. Uh, they call him Tammy Abrahams instead of Abraham. And when, uh, in defence of myself, Colonel Abrahams, there you go, another there one There we are, Happy one Bird. I
1: was looking for. Exactly, yeah. chick yeah. so you're forgiven. Yeah. Absolutely correct. Yeah. Well done.
0: Uh, and uh, in defence of myself, um, I have referred, I, uh, you know, so
1: Tammy Abraham's goal yes, yeah. would be uh, correct. No, but you've actually said Tammy Abraham's is. Oh, fuck off. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think that's, we'll move on. <laughs> um, <laughs> unless Marco's got anything erudite to say on the matter. <laughs> Really. <laughs> um... <laughs> <laughs> lovely. All right, I'll read this next very long email. Uh I'm just fucking hell it is long. Uh Well John, you, see, you see, you see, yeah, the opportunity. Now you've got you've got some long ones too. You've got a long one, you've got a very long one from Daniel Janu later on. So there you go. Stop being a diva. Right. Okay. Peter Keane. Peter Keane, the lovely Peter Keane. Hi Chidge, Jonathan and the gang. Greetings from Peter in sunny Miami. This is the first time emailing the show. Uh, I've been listening for about a year, and I look forward to it every week. I'm a lifelong Chelsea fan, but I think I should give you some background if you will indulge me. I was actually born in London, but I moved to Dublin, Ireland after a month. Needless to say, I didn't have much say in the matter. Growing up in Ireland, we didn't have a professional football league, so all of us followed English clubs. It was April 1970, and I was sitting in front of the TV. There was a football game on between a team in white and a team in blue. And as blue is my favourite colour, I was rooting for the blue team. Chelsea won the game and lifted the cup, and I was hooked. I remember one Christmas, I asked Santa for a Chelsea kit. And when I woke up Christmas morning to my horror I found a generic Everton-looking kit with no badging, a blue shirt, white shorts and white socks. That was the worst Christmas I can remember. Our next-door neighbour was a young man who was a big Leeds fan. For some reason, he got the idea in his head that I was also a Leeds fan. And any time he saw me, he would ask how we did and if we won or not. He would give me Leeds posters and scarves, which I would just throw under the bed out of sight. I didn't have the heart to tell him the truth. The 80s were tough times with the relegations and all, but just when things were looking better at the end of the de- of the decade, I think we'd just been promoted, life stepped in and I had the chance to emigrate to America. I settled in Miami and it was a culture shock to say the least. The bad part was that English football didn't have the worldwide coverage it has now, so I wasn't able to watch games or even get results. Uh, and with the, with all the difficulties of trying to settle in a new country, I fell out of contact with my beloved Chelsea. The only news I got was the odd time my younger brother would call me and give me updates. Talking about players like Zola, Viali, Rude Hullet and the like. Consequently, I missed all of the 90s. Yeah, it's funny that, Pete, I missed all of the 90s as well, but for a very different reason. Uh, and it wasn't until halfway through the 2000s that I actually was able to start watching Chelsea games again. I know I'd missed many great years, but I was just grateful that I was able to finally rekindle my love for the Blues. My best friend in Miami was an Arsenal fan, and we would enjoy going to each other's houses and watching the games. The SCN goal against Arsenal is one that sticks in my mind. I finally took a trip and went to my first Chelsea game at Stamford Bridge in around 2011. Unfortunately, it was a drab nil-nil draw with Spurs, but it was nice to experience it. I did see Chelsea play two times here in Miami on the pre-season tours, but unfortunately they drew one game and they lost 3-1 to Real Madrid. Ronaldo scored a great free kick in that game, Lukaku played up front for us, and I remember thinking to myself at the time that he was not the real deal and that he would ultimately fail at Chelsea. Fast forward to this season, and I must say that this has been the most fun watching Chelsea that I can remember. These young kids go out there every week and play with passion and pride. It's great to see them growing and learning right in front of our eyes. They're fun to watch and it's clear to see that they give 100% every minute they're out there. What a game on Tuesday night. Unfortunately, I'm not able to watch the midweek games live because with the time difference, they start at 2.45 in the afternoon and I have to work. So I usually record them and keep my ears closed so I won't hear the result. My lasting memory of the game was Kurt Zuma doing his best impression of Ronaldo, stepovers at all, rumbling through the heart of the Ajax defence and almost scoring the goal of the season. It was a sight to behold and I was literally laughing out loud along with Frank. He tried the same thing a couple of weeks ago and lost the ball and had to foul. And I remember people saying, what's he doing? But I was happy to see him have the confidence to strive forward and try to make something happen. I've gotten sick and tired of the club spending big money on the bloated, overpaid, big-name signings who had no passion for the club and played like they couldn't be bothered. I actually have a feeling that something big is happening, that Chelsea may win something this year. But even if they don't, it wouldn't bother me because of the sheer enjoyment of watching them play. I know I can never get back those years I missed, but just experiencing these last few months has made it all the worthwhile. I also have to say the podcast is also a big part of my Chelsea experience. The love and passion that Ch- Chidge and J.K. have for Chelsea is infectious, and I think you guys do a wonderful job with your commitment and effort. Thank you for giving your time to bringing us your insights week in and week out. We really appreciate it. Keep the bl- uh, the blue flag flying high and up for Chelsea. Peter! A lovely email, uh, Marco. It's interesting that he gives uh, a certain year a bit of a name check there.
2: Indeed.
0: Yeah. More of more of that later. Uh, but there you go. Um, I think you echo all of our sentiments there, Pete. Definitely. Um, Jonathan. What a cuddly
1: email that was. Cuddly and furry and lovely, wasn't, wasn't it? Just wasn't oh, it? Just absolutely gorgeous, gorgeous. <laughs> By the way, forgot. Ron said one other thing. Ron said, uh, uh, of course. Um, he said that uh, Barclay's going at, uh, at Christmas, he said. Yeah, that one. Anyway. Um, email three, Lars Lindqvist. Lars Lindqvist. Hi, Chidge, Jonathan and the rest. I've been meaning to write this email for some time, but I've been putting it off due to a busy schedule. However, with Frank Lampard becoming the first to win both Player of the Month and then later Manager of the Month, that's really interesting, I thought this would be the perfect time to write this email. It really is incredible to think how well Frank's doing. I won't go on too much about it since you all cover it so well in your show every week, but it really is hard to believe that we are where we are as a club, and more so, we clearly deserve to be there. Absolutely right. So much credit has to be given to Frank for the way he's turned things around and brought a feel-good factor back, especially after last season, It's wonderful to see this recognised in the form of his award. However, as we all know, Frank isn't doing this alone. Humble man that he is, Frank was quick to place credit at the feet of his players and also his staff. And it's his staff I wanted to email you about today. For all the credit Frank is getting, I don't seem to see nearly enough credit going to the likes of Jodie Morris, Joe Edwards and the rest of the squad. We praise our young players every week, as well as Frank for picking them. But would they be nearly as successful without coaches who knew them, had relationships with them and trusted them before the season started? Additionally, we rightly so give Frank credit for the way he's developed a positive feeling amongst the supporters. I think we have to also give credit to the rest of the staff as an american my exposure is pretty limited but i will say i feel so much more connected to the club through their actions on the likes of twitter and social media of all places to see them comment on each other's posts share information for and from chelsea fans clearly display their pride for the team and players and have a social media presence has been incredible and made me feel more connected to a team an ocean away from me However, I'm sure this is a fraction of what they do, and this is what I wanted to write to you about. As match-going fans, as well as fans who are much more intimately connected with the club on a day-to-day level, what impact have you seen the staff outside of Frank have? What have they brought to the team? What do you think of them? Sorry for the long email. Thanks for your work on the podcast. It's the highlight of my work week. When I make it over there someday, I'll buy you a beer in appreciation. Best Lash, oh, he's lash. I'm so sorry. Lash, l- lash. no, l- lash. Sorry. Oh, it, oh, lash, lash. It says here, lash, huh. lash. Yes, it's large, tell, lash. Us, tell lash. us, tell us, tell us, inform us. Informus. It must be, no, it's large, as in large. It, it must be large, large, yeah. yeah, but surely it's large, lash. large, lash lundquist. Yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe. maybe, anyway. Um, uh, um. Uh, Joe Edwards is a bit is a bit of a uh, is a bit secretive, isn't he? Really, in the sense that we're not hearing as much about him. Um, obviously, an in- integral part of the the coaching staff, um, but all the others are. Uh, they've got so many ex-Chelseas at the moment, and and uh, intriguingly, um, uh, Czech has better Czech seems to have taken a bit of a back seat. So you wonder what he's actually. He's actually up to I mean not you wonder what he's up to. he's obviously up to a great deal but it's interesting to see what his role is specifically and um, we we seem to have forgotten him because it may be that he is contributing a lot as well and uh because we're not quite sure of his role he just appears to be between uh directors and uh, and Frank but um do you think he has an input as well I wonder because he's so experienced uh but Jody of course I think Jody needs to uh, have his song sung more because he's clearly very very um uh, significant in the, in the setup. I love the way that Frank actually comes to the fans at the end of the game, which is such a simple thing. Yet, um, uh, it's very important because he just communicates so well. He is, um, he's terrific on so many levels. Lampard is quite remarkable. Yeah.
0: Marco, what say you? I mean, I agree with that, but I, I love Jody and I always have done. And I think you're right. I think he's, he's fundamental to this success.
2: Absolutely. Uh, you know, uh, Football, there's two sides to everything, isn't there? You know, Jose has a dig at Chelsea. Jody has a dig back. What's wrong with that? You know, I can see some nonsense on Twitter um, this evening. You know, people saying uh, jody's being disrespectful. I mean, you know, come on. Um, how many times has Mourinho been disrespectful um, in, in, in in these days? He's just he's just being himself. And I I just think everything works, doesn't it? You know, Frank, Frank's um, Frank, Jody, you know, he's kind of got that playful nature to him, but you know, he does a lot of work um, on the coaching side and he's the perfect foil for Frank. Um, And then of course, you know, Joe Edwards. So I sort of learn more sort of following him on, on Twitter. He's, Full of pearls of wisdom, um, and, and equally, you know, all of them um, are, are totally appreciative of uh, the supporters, which is something that we didn't get last season. Um, you know, and I just think it's great. What a great team! And and there's more to it as well. There's all all, all the, you know, Eddie Newton, um, Sorry, Andrew Flo. Yeah, yeah. You know, all all of that team backroom team is just great I mean it's kind of like it's what we all hoped it would be one day and it's it's all come at once
0: yeah like Christmas mate okay that didn't go down well (laughs) anyway Alex Davidson another email from him this is another cracker Thought you fellas might enjoy this video. He said he sent me a video, which I will check out, Alex, but it was apparently made for an American audience, but everything rings true for you lot back home. Each week, Frank proves he will be a safe pair of hands taking care of our club. I honestly think we've found our own Guardiola-like leader for the next five to ten years. Chidge, loving the Chelsea special interviews on Podbean, worth every penny... I already sent you a note about how good the Ron Harris interview was. Last week, I listened to the Bobby Tambling interview. Again, fascinating. He's a player I've only really heard about uh, sparingly and never had the chance to see him play. His insights into the Chelsea of the late 60s were just as keen as Ron Harris's. His memories of being a teammate of Jimmy Greaves was particularly uh, charming, and I like the way he expressed his opinions about certain people's actions without throwing them under the bus he was a complete gentleman and just expressed the things uh, just expressed that things could have been done differently best to everyone there alex davidson well thank you alex uh, you, the email you sent about uh the chopper interview which i read out on the show last week i actually forwarded it to martin um just to let him know that you know how how how, how well these these things are going down he was absolutely chuffed to get it so thank you for sending that in and I echo your sentiments. Bobby Tamblyn, we could have interviewed him for five hours. He was such a lovely bloke, a real, real gentleman. Uh, and here it is, Jonathan, the email of... Not
1: only have you got another long email, you've got the email of the week. Well, uh, that's, that's, um, that's rather lovely, Chidge. Thank you. It's an honour. Thanks very much, which is deserved after the three-line one I had at the very beginning. <laughs> this is email number five, Daniel Joannou. Chidge JK and the rest of the brilliant fan cast crew. Uh, That's you, Marco, actually. Um, Daniel from Sweden writing. Let me start by expressing my sincere appreciation for the marvellous work you're doing week in, and week out. Thank you. I've been a frequent listener since about twenty twelve. When I accidentally stumbled over your show, it was lying in the road, wasn't it? Nowadays I rarely miss an episode. Not even the Friday ones. Whoop. Love the dynamic you've all got in but in you've all got in between you and every member, from Dan, Tony and Marco. Marco, are you there? To Liam and Joe. Always add something extra to the show. Brilliant stuff. I can't thank you enough. This is my first email to you, but we've been in touch before. I've phoned in on a couple of occasions to the Love Sports Show, and that was a big thrill for two reasons. Firstly, English is not my native language. And although I have no problems in communication face to face, it's always more difficult when you can't see the people you're speaking with and you don't know what signs they're giving you. Absolutely. Adding that I just said that. Adding to that. When you're on a weak line from across Europe, well, that makes it even more challenging. Secondly, I knew that the point I wanted to make the first time I called was an unpopular one at the time. After deliberating with myself for a while, I finally gathered courage and phoned in to express my concerns about Kepa. Funny enough, that's what my mate Ron, Ron, my mate Ron says, He's not a proper keeper, Jonathan. Anyway, this was about a year ago, and the lot of you had praised him show after show, comparing him to the likes of Kudicini, Czech and Courtois, and hailing the board for the marvellous work they'd done getting him even though he was probably somewhat of a panic buy, second or even third choice after Oblak and Pickford. But I'll leave it there for another time and another male. At that time, he conceded at least a handful of weak goals no one seemed to take notice about. I had my doubts about him back then, but he's done nothing since to change my mind. Yep, Ron would agree with you. Sure, he makes a fantastic save now and then, that it doesn't make up for the fact he just doesn't stop enough shots. We've conceded 18 goals in the Premier League so far this season. Please note this email is written on Friday the 8th of November prior to the Crystal Palace game. No, it's still 18. And just the bottom three, Burnley and Aston Villa, have conceded more. Compare that to 4 when we conceded just 15 goals during the entire season. Adding to that, we've only managed to keep two clean sheets so far and according to stats from the Premier League, Chelsea, Kepa that is, has made the least saves of all the teams in the league. De Gea has 32 saves under his belt and Leno 44. Bloody Spurs, I can't say it, leads the pack with 53 saves. But we're rock bottom. Kepa has made just 19 saves. This is simply not good enough. Surely this is not only Kepper's fault, but it does say something about our keeper. And what baffles me is that a lot of Chelsea supporters seem to get upset when these arguments are made. Why is that? What has he done to deserve that untouchable status? When we're very quick to criticise others in our ranks, when Chich on one of the latest shows very carefully tried to suggest that Kepper, perhaps, maybe, just maybe, was to blame for the Rodriguez goal against Burnley. He was told off by J.K. He was being harsh, she said. Well, hmm. I'm not slagging Kepper off for all time. He's a young goalkeeper and I like his commitment and attitude. But I take no pride in standing by the point I made then and there. He concedes too many sloppy goals. He's weak, not tall enough. He's nowhere near world class. A world class goalkeeper makes difficult saves look easy. Big Pete taught us that. Kepper makes easy saves look difficult. I really hope he changes my mind. But with the Ajax game fresh in mind, I can't really see it happening soon. Enough of me ranting. Good rant, though. Having said all of this, he'll probably end up playing out of his skin against Crystal Palace. I think he only had two shots, didn't he? But hey, that's what we all want now, isn't it? As you lot have said so many times before, we're happy to eat our words as long as it it benefits the club. Because all we want is for this club to be successful. The second time I called him was a couple of weeks later when I tried to give J.K. my backing on the Sarri dilemma. Like J.K., I also saw what Sarri tried to do and wanted him to get the entire season to prove his worth before we gave him a fair evaluation. I'm glad we stuck with him, thank him him for third place in the league and the Europa League trophy. But I'm equally glad with him off now managing Juventus. Absolutely. Moving on, you had an interesting topic on the agenda a couple of shows ago when you were discussing underrated Chelsea legends, unsung heroes. You mentioned a few and I'd like to add one name, one that in my opinion never got, no, never gets the credit he deserves. We often speak about the team of 2002-2003, praising them for taking us to the Champions League, which eventually made Roman buy the club and changing things for us forever. We hail players like Terry, Lampard, Zola, Hasselbank and Gudjonsson. But in my opinion, Chelsea fans often forget one player or at least don't mention him enough. Graham Lasseau was never officially named captain, but he did captain the side a lot in the early noughties. And how he did it. Hard as a rock, raw like sushi. He was a true servant to this club and he played out of his skin in the latter stages of his career, both as left back and in midfield. For me, he was the leader we needed in the absence of Desai's injury crises. And he lifted us to heights we didn't expect, eventually guiding us to the Champions League. He should have been capped more for England if it wasn't for the stupidity and ignorance of my fellow countrymen, the manager of the Three Lions at the time. And yes, he did take an unnecessary red card now and then. But hey, so did Wisey. Lesseau played a total of 10 years for the club, and that alone is worth a shout out now and then. For me, he is right up there. Proper Chelsea. Yes, I agree. Wonderful. Wrapping it up, we'll come over with a combined Swedish-Norwegian group for the West Ham game. We're about 80 people from Sweden and Norway in this mashup, and I hope to see you for a beer or two. On me, of course, tea for JK. No, no, not tea, coffee. I'm happy with the coffee, thank you. Black, Americano. I'd love to meet Alex as well. Her blog is the best in the world. Too bad she couldn't make it to the show the other week. On Saturday after the game, we've arranged a get-together and we're expecting Kerry Dixon, Colin Pates and John Bumstead. I'll make sure to have listened to your fresh interview with Dixon by then, Chidge. I've met him before on two occasions. Looking forward to seeing him again. What a great man. But so are you. Oh, Chidge. Thank you for accepting my invitation. Thank you for accepting my invitation for an interview to our Swedish Chelsea podcast earlier this year. The episode was very appreciated. Hope we can do something similar again. Until then, thank you yet again for all the effort you're putting in for all the Chelsea supporters around the world. It was about time someone from Scandinavia wrote a piece that you show that you can truly relate to the fact that not only the English speaking countries are listening to you. The lot of you have great impact on us as well. We're not just we're just not as vocal in emails and in phone calls. We're vocal enough every time we attend the bridge, though. That's a fact. And that's the most important thing. See you soon and up the Chels, your friend Daniel Juannou. Juannou. Tell me how to pronounce it, Daniel. Chairman, Chelsea supporters, Sweden. Brilliant mail.
2: Wow. Wow,
1: wow, wow. Um, uh, It's an interesting thing about goalkeepers in the Premier League because... um, uh, I remember when we first got Courtois, he seemed to come out a lot and go for the ball. I remember people saying, "Oh, look, he's come out for the cross." And And slowly but surely, that seemed to be coached out of him. And I wonder whether actually being in charge of the area has disappeared because so many of them just stop with their feet or just stay where they are, and they don't come out. They almost as if they they've been told to get the centre half to do the uh, to to excuse me, get rid of any crosses, and they don't actually put themselves make themselves vulnerable, so they become shot. Shot stoppers on the line, but I think you're making make a very good point about Kepper, particularly with the uh, the very few saves that he's made. I mean, you couldn't blame him at the weekend because Palace weren't set up to, to shoot. They and we were we, we dealt with them too well, so they had a couple of shots, I think, in the whole game. But um, yes, and I don't think he's playing as well as we thought he would be. And uh, I'm I, I'm intrigued um, that. I think they might actually buy another goalkeeper to put pressure on him. Who's 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 similar to him uh, when the transfer window um, is open um, because that's another rumor I've heard from Ron. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but um, yeah, no, it's interesting because he does. It was interesting to see in the Ajax game. But uh, the goal that um, uh, Promise scored from that wonderful whipped in cross by the Moroccan player is, um, Uh, He wasn't looking at the ball at all. He didn't look at the cross. He just looked at where the ball had landed and tried to react to the header. So you wonder whether that's something they're being taught at the moment, Um, whether it's to be reacting to shots that are coming from the edge of the area. And um, uh, almost he couldn't not look at the ball when it was going over his head for the own goal when he faced it into the goal. But uh, I wonder whether that's something he's being taught and it's just he's not doing it very well. But yes, to me, he's... Very good low down shot stopper because he saved very well in the uh, at the very end there the game against Palace. But um, as he did again in the Ix game uh, when they, we got back to four all and they had nine players. But other than that, at the moment, I'm not seeing um, much improvement. And uh, yes, and as for Lassau, uh yeah, he was uh, fantastic. I agree completely. Not mentioned enough. Terrific, terrific player. Yes, but that was a fabulous side he was in. That was a that was a wonderful attacking side as well. Um, but we must never forget that the, the team of twenty years ago was absolutely terrific. Yes, that's enough of that. Enough of me.
0: Well, I was just going to say, I think I think Daniel, as ever, brings up some great points there about Soxie. I love love Graham Leso, always have done, uh, and he's right. I think real unsung hero. And I, I mean, look, Kepper, I mean, he's young, mate. You know, I mean, look. I, I I hate to judge quickly, but what I will say is he's no better, check. But then, very few keepers are, are they, Marco?
2: I think he's. Um, it's kind of I don't know. There's been a kind of a paradigm shift, really, isn't there, in in terms of uh, the whole goalkeeping um, philosophy, for want of a better word. You know, check check was more. He was kind of like an old school keeper in, in terms of. Um, You know, you very tall um, and athletic. Whereas now, you know, I mean, I know he's injured, but you look at um, Ed Ederson; he 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 could be an outfield player. You you know, um, they're more complete as footballers. So, I know I kind of look at Kepper sometimes and think you you don't look like a goalkeeper. but then, you know, the world's moved on. And then when I was a kid, you know, Peter Benetti was small, wasn't he? Um by by comparison. But but he was he was the cat. Um so I I don't know. I I think he's okay. You know, could we could we could we have a better goalkeeper? I don't know, maybe. Um I think you know, part of Chelsea's problems, um uh, uh, <coughs> set pieces corners and free kicks has been you know more more related perhaps to zonal marking rather than yeah um you know kepper's ability as a goalkeeper uh you know i mean i, I still I, I had to we had to move to the to the shed for the the game against um frankfurt in the europa league last season i think i videoed this and stuck it on um on, on Twitter, uh, when he saved the penalty, the, the, the crucial penalty. You know that's what you want a keeper to do, and that's how keepers become sort of ledges. And uh, you know he was just unlucky. That that was horrible. Um, yeah, I, you know the ball hitting him on the face. I, I didn't realize. I didn't see it until the next day, obviously because I was at the game. But that um, was just unfortunate. It's like horrible thing to happen. And I think I think the other thing with Kepper is he he looks about six years old. So um you know he's he's just so youthful looking. Um you you kind of think well he's he's not experienced enough but he is I I believe in the kid and I think he's gonna be the Chelsea goalkeeper for a long time. I, I thought I thought the kid Bulker that we ended up selling to uh, PSG was uh, quite useful, but who knows? Uh, but Kepa's number one. He's my number one. I'm quite happy with
0: him. He's my number one too. He's number one. Well, actually, you're you're both my number ones, really. But Kepa's also my number one. Does that make sense? I'll leave that to you to decide. Uh, I've got another email. From Dan Thorne, uh, from Melbourne, of course. Hi, Chidge, Jonathan, and special guests. Uh, Hope you are well and enjoying the musical youth that Frank is putting together. I'm enjoying him passing the duchy, that's for sure. Uh, As I said in my last email, getting up at silly o'clock to watch the games can be a trial, but not anymore. What a crazy few months we've just had, and long may it continue. I'll... I'll have to uh, eat a little humble pie from the last email and say that Zuma has been outstanding during the recent run of games. I loved the marauding run in the Ajax game, and William has shown the doubters up, especially with the harassing of the opposition, especially the Palace game, when in the 78th minute he was still at full tilt, chasing down the Palace back line to win the ball as high up on the pitch as possible. So please consider pie eaten. Just a quick uh, interjection there. We never said this earlier on, but I was particularly impressed by Tammy Abraham running back almost towards our penalty area to get a tackle in. You know, that's what I like to see. Anyway, I believe, and I'd be interested to hear your thoughts, gents, that there is something else about this latest crop of young players and the reason that they've been able to be dropped in and find their feet quickly. The reason, I think, is the fact that they've been used to winning the youth. uh, Sorry, used to winning. The youth FA Cups at so many different age groups and the European Cup wins has created a group that know nothing but winning and what it takes to do so. So when they've been presented with an opportunity to play first team football, they don't think, oh my God, I'm playing with the big boys now and i better play within myself. No, they've all just got on with it like it's just another game, another opposition, and be damned, you don't scare me. Previous youth prospects, I think, tried to play the opportunities in a safe way. Best not to make a mistake than to do something that showcases their ability, be conservative and not take a risk. This group have signed a pact to live by the sword, it seems, and take risks, and now they have each other's back. Am I reading this wrong? What are your thoughts? With that said, now for the reason uh, of the title of the email. I'm not one for making up songs, uh, but happy to sing on the terraces or in our pub at Silly O'Clock in Melbourne. With our latest blue hero being an American, I thought maybe try this for size for Pudisic to the tune of Kim Wilde, Marty's Little Girl, first hit, Kids in America. Chorus only. Okay, ready for this? He's our kid from america Pulisic!
1: from everybody, everybody loves the girls, the girls go girls around, around. <laughs> oh,
0: I think that needs a bit of work mate, but I think that's me and you need a bit of work rather than Dan. that's a good effort mate uh, uh I like actually it. i love talking it. I yeah, that's ready. quite catchy he's quite it's quite catchy I'll give right. him that uh I've, I've i also
1: think, i think u s a is gonna be what they do
0: yeah, maybe. Maybe, um Russ Saunders, our, our de- de- beloved friend from uh, Melbourne, uh, Russ Saunders also drunkenly sent me a message on. I, I actually say drunkenly. Actually, Russ, I, I could be very wrong. It, it 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 felt like it was a drunk message because he'd been working on a song, um which I'm not going to. I I didn't include it this week, Russ. Uh, take no offence at that. Trust me. uh Anyway, there you go. Keep the blue flag flying high, Dan, Melbourne, Chelsea. Uh, Jonathan, we've got our weekly email from Lenny Z.
1: Leonard Rojo, Lenny Z. Hi, guys. As always, always will be. Sorry. Hi, guys. As always and always will be a great pleasure writing to you all. Now, I got a hard one because it really comes down to what you define as a club legend. My mate told me that Eden Hazard won't go down as a Chelsea club legend and I wouldn't have any of it and told him to jump in the bin. I do, however, believe that he's still a, it's still a bit sour that he left us in what we all thought was our worst time. But it made me think, what really constitutes a club legend? Has trophies something to do with it? Time spent in the club or impact? Would love to hear your thoughts on it. P.S. I'm the only one who wanted City to win over Liverpool so we could have closed the gap. Because as we're playing now, we should be on the top and be the real title contender. Much blue love to my blue brothers and sisters around the globe and even more to you guys on the fancast that always bring quality, quality, I'm so sorry, quality to a dull, rainy Monday. Keep the blue flag flying high, Leonard Z.
0: That's a really good question, actually, isn't it? And it gets asked quite a lot, what makes a Chelsea legend? Well, I, I think Marco's a Chelsea legend, so I think it's probably best we ask him.
2: I so, not know. It's a tough one, isn't it? Because I think, I think, you know. I mean, clearly, it's it's overused um, in, in in football, and, and mm. indeed, um, it's kind of trivialised. You know, where do you go? You know, a football club icon. How do you describe all these cult hero? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's yeah. almost like you've got you've got to the stage where. Um, you know, any player who's played for a few games for Chelsea is is, is, a, is a, somebody describes them as a legend somewhere. Um, I mean, you only have to look at the starting 11 or the squad for that, the the, the Chelsea legends team that um, played that game against Inter last summer. Um, you know, some of those players legends, oh, I don't think so. You know, how, how, how does that How do you compare legends? Um, You know, is Graham Lasso a Chelsea legend in in the same vein as Frank Lampard? Of course he's not, but but some people will call him a legend. I mean, I think, you know, I think any player who who plays for Chelsea Football Club um, has done something remarkable and extraordinary that, that very few people um, and certainly supporters of, of the club uh, get get to do in their lives so you know it, it's what it's the way people perceive that um, but you know I, I I just think that there's there aren't many legends genuine legends um, that, that have played for the club uh, you know in in kind of the modern era you um, but you you can get carried away. I don't know. You, you know, if you, Terry and Lampard. Start with those two, and and then compare from there. Um, I, th- I think you, you kind of come up with two lists very quickly of sort of bona fide legends and proper. yeah. You know, and 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 legends um, and cult heroes. Uh, it's a tricky one, but you know, who cares really? You know, these players are all special to me. So, I
0: think I think you make a wonderful point actually, and I and I and I I have to say it's it's an appropriate one. It, it, it's the DJ view actually, which I love. And, and while we're talking to DJ, um, it was lovely to see him on Saturday. He's having a really really shitty tough time, and he's one of my favourite people at Chelsea uh so you know i hope uh i hope it all works out for him as i'm sure you would echo marco Absolutely, and you yeah. and and you jk so yeah, big yeah, love yeah. big love him, going i gave him a kiss Sorry,
1: mate. i gave him a kiss at watford
0: well i i did my usual trick which will make marco laugh of course i haven't i hadn't seen him since this all kicked off and uh you know because i've not made the week uh the midweek games but uh Of course, as is my want, I I gave him a big hug, and of course he's done his back in, so he wasn't wasn't best pleased. Which kind of reminded me of the last time I saw Marco when I gave him a big hug, and of course you had a bad shoulder, didn't you, Marco? Yeah,
1: you gave me a hug uh, on Saturday, Chidge, and nothing happened.
0: That's because you didn't have a bad back, you Wally. Anyway, I thought you might. give give me a
1: bad back. Thought that was the the
0: point. The point being, the point being, uh, DJ's view is, is that. You know, we as supporters are, are are not ever or haven't been good enough to, uh, you know, uh, wear the blue shirt and, uh, you know, play on Stamford Bridge's hallowed turf. And very few do get that chance. So, you know, sometimes we should like wind our necks in a bit. And I think that's a very good starting point. So, you know, we might coat a few of these players off, but they're a bloody better than we are. Even Alan Mays. <laughs> well, maybe not Alan Mays. <laughs> but, but you, know, you know, and that's the reality, isn't it, I think? But I think this whole... I mean, I don't know. I think winning stuff's important. So, for example, anybody who won the FA Cup with us, that was important. Anybody who won the Cup Winners' Cup with us in 71, that was important. Uh, and I think, you know... That, I mean but there again you know we've won so much recently not all of those players definitely you could you could say were legends but some of them really were maybe also what comes into it is longevity you know I mean here's a here's a question for you Marco would you say Mickey Droy is a Chelsea legend
2: yeah definitely
0: there you go what did Mickey Droy win at Chelsea well not a lot no but how long was he there for yeah,
2: but it's it's what he epitomised. Uh, yeah, exactly. But, it's a really difficult thing, isn't it? That's the point. It is difficult, and I think um, you know I, I, I don't want to plug another Gate Seventeen book, but I'm just going to mention one in dispatches. There's a the new the last book being published this year is a book called Blue Army, um, which is the the 25 men who made Chelsea, and and this kind of. This goes back to players who obviously were were in the team way way before, uh, you know, we we were um, watching the team. I mean, everybody's heard of William Folk, uh, less so perhaps, Um, you know, how much do you know about George Hillsden or Vivian Woodward? Um, you know these guys. Uh, you know Benjamin H. Or,
0: or Eric Rabbit Parsons.
2: Well, exactly. You know all the all these players going back to 1905. Um, the, the, there's a huge number of players who um, had a, had a significant part to play in teams that variously did. You know didn't enjoy success or 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 did enjoy success or were just, you know, bang average. But at the time, um, you know, whether, whether they were leaders leaders of men, outstanding players, um, goal scorers, appearance makers, you know, all, all those things mean somebody to somebody at that time. I think I think where we're spoiled today, you know, the, the, there's football everywhere. I mean you know, I mean, I'm, I'm not a kid, but, I mean, you know, when I was a kid, it was it was um, Match of the Day and uh, Sports Night with Coleman uh, midweek and then, you know, Scorcher and Score, comics, football annuals. Um, you didn't really read, the, you know, the newspapers were, you know, there was no social media, so building you know legends were, were were shaped slightly differently um you know before i don't know before 1980 maybe um you know with the advent of kind of live football it became much more mainstream you know and all the people that we interact with now you know one of the things that i love about chelsea is you know, i've just made so many friends from the, every, everywhere around the world, literally, and then nothing else would bring you that. Um, and I, I think that's truly wonderful. But that that's all because, uh, you know, social media and television and satellites have catapulted, you know, Chelsea Football Club and football in general in, into everybody's living room and onto their mobile phones and, and computers. So a part of that is just the way... Um, we, we view footballers who obviously get a lot more airtime as well by the media. Um, so it, it's, in, it's it's really interesting just the way it is. I just
0: you should write a book about it, mate. <laughs> no, I'm serious, it could be the next one, you know, because nobody's really, I don't think, uh, explored this phenomenon, this modern phenomenon that you're talking about. I mean, we're very much part of it you through your books, us through doing this podcast, but it is remarkable isn't it how and, and, and i and i absolutely echo what you say and i think these emails absolutely vindicate that that we we have made friends all over the world all because we love chelsea it's nuts isn't it absolutely nuts it is a phenomenon so there you go anyway talking of phenomenon mark you are a phenomenon of course uh, but so is russ saunders from melbourne and uh i have breaking news from russ who i slandered a minute ago saying that he wrote a song that i didn't published in this week's uh fan cast and he's just uh, messaged me on patreon and said i was hung over when i sent the message so maybe still slightly drunk so thank you russ and he's actually in uh he's in mixler right now he's blue in oz and he says no social media it was delightful <laughs> well there you go it's a view uh right i've got a bonus email here folks that is not in the script but uh, andy willis i saw him in mixler and he reminded me of that, And I forgot to put it in. Uh, but this is kind of putting into context the big sleep out that's happening next Saturday. And it's really funny. So uh, it's reply to Paul, who who's on the trust, who's organising. He says, Although I'm built like a walrus, I feel reassured that if I'm overcome by the cold and don't make it through the night to sample whatever breakfast the club has in store, never personally having experienced Marmite on celery before, that will feel a bit of a loss. I know I can rest assured in the knowledge that my passing will be in the company of some fine Chelsea supporters and that Chad will be on hand to compile the relevant statistic. I'll probably not drag a quilt with me through the underground system and will probably settle for numerous layers of clothing and the sleeping bag I hope to acquire from an Inuit I located on Facebook who claims to have come last in this year's igloo building championship. I'm also in, I was also intrigued by the opportunity to bring a cardboard box. I've searched high and low on the IKEA website for something cardboard of sufficient dimension to enclose my clinically obese frame but have decided against that option as I've never yet managed to complete any set of instructions provided by that firm. Maybe Daniel Genu can uh, help. Anyway, I'll ensure I arrive at the ground sober, but if I'm honest, given the challenge ahead, I'll likely seek out a couple of sherbets at the cock between 6.30pm and 8.30pm and hopefully eat what could be my final meal. Please let Chidge know in case he's similarly minded, given I missed an opportunity to catch up with him before last season's home game against Southampton. Uh, at that nil nil game, which arguably represented the, n- the nadir of suffocating stultification sari chess ball, I was crying out for a bit of snakes and ladders instead, whilst also bemoaning the fact that I hadn't been able to anaesthetise beforehand by getting thoroughly bladdered at the cock. That said, it was nevertheless really enjoyable to watch a match in the fine company of Chad, who had kindly provided a family season ticket for me for that game. Finally, if you witness an old git sitting outside Fulham Broadway busking with an air guitar and accompanied by a stray cat called Bob, that'll be me trying to raise a few pennies for that pint in the cock. See you on the 16th. Carefree and up the Chels, fellas. Andy Willis. That just really tickled me when I read that, so I'm really grateful that Andy let me read that out. Did you enjoy that, Jonathan?
1: I thought that was excellent, Chinch, and you read it beautifully.
0: Well, thank you very much. It's all in the writing, as we both know. Uh, Andy, I do look forward to seeing you on the 16th, um, and I will definitely... My theory is, right, uh, this might be disgusting, but I'm going to say it anyway, but my theory is I'm going to get loaded up on Guinness before the sleep-out, because it means that I will fart like a trooper all night, and as we know, that will create... Uh, warmth inside the sanctum of my
1: sleeping bag and might not be space, pleasant for... space around you as well should, of yeah well
0: I don't really want that do I You know, but I, I think I need to generate a bit of heat and I think a few Guinness farts will do that, talking of which I was on air on Love Sport Radio yesterday and Dave the Gooner did what can only be described as a Darren Mantle like fart just as we came back from the break which was so noxious it nearly rendered me speechless, I cannot believe it It's the kind of behaviour you expect from an Arsenal fan, really, isn't it? Anyway, uh, thank you for all the emails this week. We love getting them from you, as you know, and we always do our best to read them out. So if you want to email us, send it to ChelseaFanCast at gmail.com and try and get it to me by Monday morning at the absolute latest. Uh, Now, part four. Goodness me, we've been waffling on tonight. Part four, we very quickly doff our hat to this week's winners in the Who Knows Wins Chelsea FanCast Match Predictions League. And then we have a very quick look back to the remarkable, remarkable, easy for me to say, Champions League match against Ajax uh, but what is uh, the likelihood of Chelsea qualifying for the next stage? It's a bit in the balance, I think. And, of course, something that I've been looking forward to all evening, and we're only getting to now, but Marco will be going all jackanory He's going to be reading an extract from his new book, Liquidator 1969-1970, to a Chelsea memoir. See you in a bit.
1: Opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're
2: listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper
1: Chelsea.
0: F- Welcome back. I am Stanford Chidge, and you are listening to the Chelsea Fancast. We are on the home straight. Uh, and at this time of the evening, I like to give a big plug to Who Knows Wins, so who are the lovely people with whom we have uh, joined up with to uh, run uh, a quite a, f- a fun bit of uh, betting, really. That's the only way to put it. It's kind of social betting, uh, and they are changing the culture of gambling by making it social. Basically, you remove the bookies from the equation, uh, and uh, basically, it's pool betting, so... If you download their app, uh, just go to who knows wins on uh, Android or Google or uh, Apple Store. And then you register an account, and then basically, uh, for the weekend, I choose a load of games. Usually I choose all the Premier League games, um, so usually nine or ten of them, depending. And you uh, you buy in. There's a five-quid buy-in, and then you basically select which matches are going to be a win, a draw, you know, away win, home win, or, or a draw. And then you pray. And uh, unlike me, uh, you get it right. I mean, actually, most of the time, the winners get about eight out of ten. They're really good, Marco. I mean, I, I got four out of nine this week. I had an absolute Western Supermare, mate. Absolutely shocking.
2: I did give it a go the first week, and I, I just didn't have to, so I not got the patience with it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well I mean I basically because I set the league up I just very, I mean this is half the trouble mate if you don't like think about it and I don't because I have to get the league up so I have to set the selections and I just go through yeah yeah win draw win, uh, whatever and I had an absolute mare this week and uh I mean I got let down badly uh, I thought United would draw with Brighton and I thought that City would draw with Liverpool uh and bloody West Ham every week they let me down Absolute shit houses, a lot of them. So there you go. Um, but, um, it, I mean, I, to be honest, Marco, I've won money every week apart from last week, I think. So, you know, I've, I've done all right, but I've not won it outright. But uh, Daniel, 45-45, he certainly did. He won. He got eight points. So he got eight out of the nine selections, right? And he won £146.30p. So fair play to you Daniel good work. Uh, a few of the others Mungo the blue Sam Cullen he won they won 10 quid. 10 quid 45. Basically there were 1 2 3 4 5 6 six tied for seventh. Who all won just over a tenner and then that was it. Everybody else didn't win at all because they did so well. But I do commend it to you. It, it Honestly, it's great fun. The thing I like about it most is it kind of gives you a bit of skin in the games, you know, so you suddenly take a bit of interest in what else is going on, which normally I would never do. So there you go. No bookmakers, bet against your friends shot ch- colleagues. Join in the chat room. They've got a chat room in there, a bit like Mixler, which is quite fun. And they do live score updates, very simple to use. Uh, and as I said, um, our leagues are usually five quid to buy in. And we they make them go public. And we had 44 people competing uh last uh, last weekend so they had about 220 quid in the pot so if you win it you can win a stash of money mate it's, it's cracking so there you go who knows wins there you go now uh very quickly who knows well we didn't know who was going to win on tuesday night did we because it was an absolutely completely and utterly mental mental match but the first question jonathan really is um should chelsea have won and was a draw disappointing against ajax last week
1: um, if you'd said after 4-1 down that we got to 4-4, I would have said, I'm happy. In fact, I said at the time, I'm happy. But because we played so brilliantly and we didn't play uh, uh, get all our goals when uh, they had nine players, as people tried to make out on Twitter, um, in fact, we scored three. We scored the other two against eleven, and we only we scored the one against the fourth. And of course, we had the disallowed goal. When we got to four four, I actually thought we were going to win it six four, and the impetus was slightly taken out of us by uh, uh, Dave's disallowed goal. But um, now I thought we were absolutely dreadful in the first half, and uh, by changing Alonso uh, and uh, and for um, for for Rhys James and putting Dave at the left wing. uh, and we just seemed to just get the impetus. And every time we got the ball, like it saying to the people I was sitting with, I think we look as if we're going to score. I don't even think the dreadful fourth goal for them, which nobody seemed to to bear down anywhere near the, was it Van, Van der Beek, um, still didn't actually perturb me because I thought, I said, we'll just cut the other end and score. and I think we're going to score a couple of goals at least, and then who knows. So I was dis- I was disappointed to that extent because the impetus was with, with us. But I thought that... Uh, um, 4 4 in the end was, was, I was pleased to have that result, but it was based so hugely on the referee being so dreadful. I mean, you know, if you're going to book seven players before half time, there's, there are bound to be sendings off in the second half. Or was it seven roundabout? It's roundabout the next few minutes of the, of the second half? I mean, you can't keep doing that every single time you see something that you deem to be a foul. It just makes the game ridiculous because you have to maintain that. I'm happy to say that you say occasionally see that with our referees or they 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 card people and then don't maintain it in the second half. But it's very difficult for a ref once you've set that precedent. You just feel you've got to keep the cards coming. So I actually thought I thought we would have one sent off and they'd have two. So my my I even said that at half time. My prophecy was uh was correct, but um, we deserved to score. I thought. With, I thought Bachschwai's final. I'm going on him about him again. His pivot and turn was a great save by that goalkeeper. Um, I thought we were. The impetus was with us, and we just couldn't do it, which was a real shame, because that would have helped us in the group. Because we now possibly, unless we get a result against. Um, Valencia at least will end up in the Europa League, which uh, might then give an opportunity for even more youngsters to have a go. But no, I'm I'm giving a worst-case scenario there. I I think still think we'll qualify, but um, it's uh, it would have been nice to get the three points. And also, Jorginho's wonderful penalties just revealed the complete idiocy of Barclay ever taking that penalty against Valencia.
2: Hmm.
0: Uh I have to say I think Daly Blind deserved to go but I thought it was a bit harsh to send that bloke off for the handball but the reality is Marco it didn't it didn't I don't think fundamentally change the game because I think James coming on absolutely galvanized the side Aspie going on the left looked like, like a man possessed and we just had that momentum and uh if it hadn't been for that pesky VAR <laughs> spotting bloody Tammy Abraham hitting Tammy Abraham's hand, then Aspie would have scored one of the most remarkable winners we would have seen at the bridge for years.
2: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That. I think, um, I don't know, it was uh, an extraordinary game, to be honest with you. I, I, I know of one person who arrived late and missed both goals at the the, the, the two early goals and went at 4-1. <laughs> I'm not going to name that person, but I know uh, I know of <laughs>
0: uh, Love it. Uh, do you know what i was talking because a lot of people were going on about oh god blimey lots of people left at 4-1 and i have to say i I've, I've i've only left twice early in the last i don't know 20 years and uh once was uh because i suddenly had a panic in the second half that uh the, the supporters i was supposed to have booked the atlas for a supporters trust meeting and i couldn't remember whether i had confirmed it or not and I thought, shit, we can't have people turning up there to find out there wasn't, you know, we hadn't booked the bloody venue. So I left 10 minutes early to get a march on everybody because you know what it's like getting out of Stamford Bridge. Uh, and I missed Batch UI scoring equal- an equaliser against, uh, I think, Watford or maybe even the winner. And I, I was walking up through Brompton Cemetery at the time. And the second time was last season uh, when uh, Monsieur Maurizio Sarri... Uh, Basically brought on Zappa Costa for Aspie when we were two one down to United in an FA Cup match. At which point I had the biggest hissy fit I've ever had at a football match and literally flounced out, saying "Fuck you, sorry. If you can't be asked, neither can I." But otherwise, you stay to the bitter end. So you lot who left at four one, you only have yourselves to blame. Um The other thing that I really, uh I really enjoyed about the match. I mean, you know, mental, wasn't it? Zoomers run that somebody mentioned in an email earlier on. That was brilliant. The sendings off, Jorginho's pens, which were brilliant. I loved the fire in Aspie's belly. It was all mental. But I think it was just delightful, Jonathan, to see the, you know, the spirit in this side. That never-say-die spirit, which I think absolutely epitomised uh, the, the side that Mourinho built, for want of a better word which I think we, we've been commenting on a lot in the last few years, seems to have gone missing a bit in the last few years. But he's very, very, very much back, I think.
1: Don't you? But doesn't it go hand in hand with attacking? Because the thing about that side was you had Robin and Duff, who was so exhilarating. And I think it encourages the team to get the ball. Well, Napoli, it's Napoli, for example,
0: in, in the 2012... I mean, that 2012 Champions League winning side, although it wasn't our best side, they never gave up, did they?
1: Yeah, that's very true. It's true. Uh, but it, I, I honestly think that the the obviously we talked about the youth having contributed because they all know each other. So they're all going to know how to win all the time. But I actually think that um, uh, it, it's the way that they play as well is you, you just they think we're going to score. So it breeds enthusiasm for the spirit to keep going. They Nobody hides which is abs- because because they know they have the skill to get the ball in their net. I really think it contributes that contributes to it as well. But yeah, it's um, it's delightful. Can I just say how I think Pulisic has turned his game round hugely um, to such an extent? he Did a couple of things in the Watford game. Um, uh, at the, sorry, in the Crystal Palace game at the weekend that were very hazard esque and uh i was very impressed with him i think he he uh, he deserves everything that um that he's deserving the start at the moment and uh i thought he did well in the uh in the in the IEX game as well i think he's he you know he, whether he took the criticism that he wasn't playing he wasn't getting back enough but he's come up leaps and bounds and it's given uh it's given. Obviously, it's put pressure on Adoy. Who, when he's come on, he's looked pretty well, pretty good. He 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 looked very good indeed when he came on in the Ix game as well. And I think perhaps it suits him to be to come on knowing that he's uh, he's not impressed in the previous game because he feels he has to, which is what you want from substitutes. You want them coming on and making a difference, um, and that means it's even better for the for the team. I think it's terrific.
0: Um, here's a question for you, Marco. Um, why were they so poor in the first half?
2: Uh it's a very good question. I I think or or were they? Cuz well, I mean, you know, I th- Ajax had had three goals with only one shot on target. I think it got, kind of goes back to the point earlier about um playing against pace. So, you know, essentially Chelsea were playing a mirror image of themselves um but but with you know a couple of aging uh, full backs. Um, or, or a couple of full-backs who, you know, sh- struggle against pace, and you know, you only need one weak link, um, and and you get undone, you know, and uh, and couple that couple that with a there's still a weakness that we discussed earlier about uh, you know defending set pieces and, and corners, um, you know, free kicks and corners. Put all that into a mix and you have got um you know you've got problems. And I think yeah, I mean it was a fact, was it wasn't there a stat that um Ajax only had they went in they went in at half time 3-1 up having only had one one shot yeah. the target? Yeah, um, true. But but they managed to traumatise Chelsea. Um and I think you know, just looking ahead to that Manchester City game, I think that's where um Frank was very clever against uh, Crystal Palace. Um, You know, kind of mindful of um, that. That you know, front, well, front five, isn't it, with with City, and what they can do to teams. Um, You know, he's going to need to be uh, set up for that because. You know the, the consequences of not being set up for that are, are a repeat of what happened in the first half. Uh, you know when we went to four-one against Ajax. You know that that's that's all doable um, again, unfortunately. And um, you know it, it's, it's it's a tricky one, but you know the, the main thing is we have a manager who can recognise when there's a problem and knows how to address it. And you know he has got there, isn't he? you know we, we came back from four one down to four uh, four you know that, that that wasn't luck. We could have won five four
0: should have done in fact, you know I think we would if that had gone on if we'd have been given the time extra time well, that actually that? warranted, we probably would have done
1: God, the four minutes was so ridiculous. What was the matter, yeah. man God,
0: a very poor referee bottom line, possibly the European equivalent of Mike Dean. Uh, anyway, um, the rather annoying thing about drawing with Ajax, though, has left us in a rather horrible position, I feel. Um, I'm getting a horrible sense of deja vu here. I'll explain it in a minute. But we're we're basically Ajax, us, and then Valencia, in that order, are all on seven points. We've got to play Valencia away, which won't be easy. And then we've got Lille at home, which should be winnable. Um, Valencia have also got to play Ajax. But there is a chance that we could all end up on the same flaming points. And if you remember when we got laughed out of Europe, literally, as the European champions, but the first European champions not to proceed from the group stage the year after, we actually got something stupid like 13 points and still went out, which is unheard of. But we went out because we lost on the head-to-head, didn't we, Marco?
2: Yeah. Remember that? Yeah, it's true. Um, I I think, you know, I I still view... The, the the champions league is a bit of a free hit this season um although i, I did um have a bet on uh a, a quite lengthy odds on um i just i, I, I don't know I, don't, I had a funny moment the other day when i thought Do you know what we could win the champions league this season. <laughs> I, 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 and then know, you woke up i know i know, I know that's mad but <laughs> I, 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 I was at that. I was in the Stadio San Paolo when we lost three one to Napoli, you know, in two thousand and twelve. And who knew what was going to happen? Yeah, you know, if, if anybody had said then Chelsea are going to win the Champions League, you'd have laughed at them. So why can't we do it this season? I mean, whether we do or not, I don't know. Will we get out of the group? I think we will. I don't think Valencia are that good. Um, you know, Ajax have got to play Valencia in that last game. I think we'll get out of the group if we don't. So we drop into the Europa League and, and win that again, which will be a good <laughs> So I, I, I'm happy. I, I don't care. Um, what I'd love to do is finish second in the group, draw PSG in the next round and finally beat those buggers.
0: Um, <laughs> love it. Absolutely yeah. love it. That's my motivation. Oh, good, man. I tell you what, though, JK, I mean, you know, Tottenham Hotspur got to a Champions League final last year. Anything
1: is possible in my book. Yes, I don't think they'll be getting to one this year, though That they're doing quite well in their group, actually. They've done a lot better since the uh, the 7-2
2: defeat. I'm, just, was... looking, I'm just looking at the, the groups at the moment. So, Group A, PSG are going to win that and Real Madrid are going to finish second. Um, fact. Group B Bayern Munich are going to win that and Tottenham are going to finish second pretty much done and dusted Group C City are going to win that and then either Shakhtar or Dinamo Zagreb are going to finish second Uh, Group D Juventus are going to probably win that with Atletico Madrid second Group E Liverpool win Napoli second Group F Barcelona or Dortmund are potentially going to win it, Into still in it. That's a little bit more open, that one. And then you've got Leipzig and Leon. So, you know, I, I don't know. Who knows?
0: Who knows? If we can go to Ajax and uh, win away there, I mean, for me, that was a real game changer in, in more ways than one, I think. You know, they—they—they they, they are. You know, they got to the semi-final last year. They're a good They're side, and we, we went side. there yeah. and we beat them. Yeah. you know, you know exactly. anything can. The bottom line is the European Cup is a cup competition, and you need luck to win it, as we only, as we know only too well. Exactly. Anything can happen. Anything can happen. So uh, let's hope we do. I, I hope we do get through, because I think it. You know, it'd be just such such good development for these youngsters. Such good experience. Yeah. You learn you. so much playing Champions League football but there you go. Let's put that one to bed because that ain't coming back for a while. Um I what I've been, I've been desperately wanting to hear this. We've been waffling on so long. It poor old Marco's probably half asleep. But uh, your time has come Marco. Uh, you released your book last Friday Liquidator 1969 to 70 a Chelsea memoir. Would you like to tell us a little bit about it? Tell us how we can get it and then read us an excerpt from it.
2: Okay, um, well, I mean, essentially the, the, the book is um, based on uh, the, the recollections of a, of a group of my older friends uh, and a couple of those guys in particular. And, and it, in, in its context, it's kind of set during the 1969-70 the season. Um, it's almost like a, a kind of a coming-of-age um, story as well. Uh, sort of wrapped around the music that was going on at the time um, and, you know, what was happening in the world, you know, first man on the moon. Um, And it's, the the, the, the context of it is kind of brought up to date by by the fact that um, I I get to interact with these people in, in the modern era and sort of struggle with, how, how it all uh, evolves. And you kind of get that sense of um, time, um, you know, all the stuff that's happened, uh, people that have died. Uh, so it's, 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 it's quite multi-layered, but from a football perspective, it's, it's, it zones in on the 69-70 season and the fact that um, the, the main person in the book Tommy he, he goes to all the games including the Burnley replay in, in the um, in the FA Cup run um, and it you know it just it tells that story so you've got all the action from the games um, and everything else that was going on around it so yeah I mean it's a, been a bit of a labour of love for, for a number of reasons um, but yeah I I'm not sure if it's the best thing I've ever written, but I really enjoyed writing it. And <laughs> How long did it take? Quite a while. Um, but this, you know, I got to learn some really interesting things about, um, you know, the, the club and some, you know, some of the granular detail that just gets lost in the mist of time. You know, we're talking 50 years ago. Uh, and, and, you know, I just felt quite privileged to... Um, be able to, you know, find a way to catalogue these these recollections and and you know put them in a story that, uh, you know, I hope people will, will really enjoy. Whether you know it's something that they were a part of or you know I, I was it was I think you had a reader. Uh, somebody sent an email in earlier saying it was their first season of sort of being aware of Chelsea and it was, I think it was my second season, but, uh, I, i yet to go to a game. Um, you know, so for, for me, it was just fascinating to, 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 uh, to get access to, to all this information. And then, you know, as a writer, I just felt quite privileged to be able to assemble it as a, as a story. So, uh, I hope people will enjoy it. So, I've got a little clip, little bit to read here. If you're interested,
0: yeah, get on with it. Love to hear it, mate. Okay,
2: so what I'm going to do, I'm going to parachute. I'm going to parachute you all into Saturday, the 18th of October, 1969, and Chelsea are at home to um, West Bromwich Albion in, in a First Division game, and Tommy um Tommy Walker, who's the sort of the main um, uh, protagonist in, in 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 the story, he's taken his girlfriend, um, his new girlfriend sophia who he's met at the Isle of Wight Festival, uh, where he's gone down to see the Who. So if you're if you're a fan, anybody's out there's a fan of the Who, there's quite a lot of the Who in this book. Um, so he's he's taking Sophia to her first game, which is uh, against West Brom, and he's he's um, he's he's a bit worried about going in the shed with his mates. So he's got tickets uh, in the West Stand. So um, I'll just I'll just give you a sense of it from here uh, and see what you're in for if you're interested. So what do you think then? Tommy held out his arms and looked around Stamford Bridge. He was surprised how many supporters were already in the ground, considering it was well over an hour before the scheduled 3pm kickoff time. He'd never been in that early, not even when he was younger. Could do with a lick of paint, Sophia replied, wrinkling her nose and smiling before pointing at a group of players going through their warm-up routines on the pitch over to the left in front of the North Stand. Is Peter Osgood down there? No, that's the West Brom team. He's over there. Tommy nodded in the direction of the shed. Oh, right. The music's good. Yeah, it is. Tommy lit a cigarette and handed it to Sophia before lighting one up for himself. Pete Owen and Dave Scott, the disc jockeys behind what was known as pre-match spin, played some decent tunes and also read out requests. He'd written into them on the off chance he might get a dedication to Sophia read out. Space Oddity by David Bowie was currently burbling from the tannoy. The sound was actually okay. Pete Owen had dedicated it to Chelsea supporter Neil Armstrong. Was that a joke or a coincidence? Someone whose name was the same as the first astronaut who'd just walked on the moon requesting Space Oddity. Ha <laughs> ha! Bowie was an interesting character, a mod who looked like he could start a trend of his own. He was on Tommy's radar to take Sophia along to one of his gigs. Next up came Bad Moon Rising, a number one chart hit last month for Creedence Clearwater Revival. There seemed to be a moon theme developing here. Tommy had been chatting with Sophia when the dedication for that track had been made and he couldn't help cutting his band to short and singing along with the Shed who'd reworked part of the lyrics slightly to Don't go out tonight, there's sure to be a fight, Chelsea boys are back in town. This was a penny drop moment. The early birds in the ground were listening to the hits being played and thinking of ways to chelcify them. The successful ones like this had been reprised during matches and caught on. Manfred Mann's Mighty Quinn from last year was another great example. You go in on your feet, you come out on your head, you ain't seen nothing like the mighty shed. There was another person which appealed as well. Come on and see... Come on and look. You ain't seen no one like Charlie Cook. Tommy could see that Sophia was enjoying the atmosphere in the ground, holding on, holding, building as more supporters filtered through the turnstiles onto the terraces and into the stands. She was also enjoying watching Ossie and his teammates going through their warm up. Oh Well by Fleetwood Mac had her up on her feet dancing, which was funny. The view from the West stand was decent, so it should be given the price of the tickets, but it wasn't the shed, and basically once you'd sat down, you weren't meant to stand up, let alone dance. Excuse me, young lady, do you mind sitting down? One can't see. The cut glass accent and received pronunciation from the stuffed shirt moaning behind them reminded him of work, of being at work in Bar- Barclay Square. Tommy didn't respond. Instead, he stood up and started dancing with Sophia. They stayed on their feet as the track faded and Pete Owen started speaking. That was Peter Green leading Fleetwood Mac through Oh Well, and now another track that's been getting a lot of requests on pre-match spin, The Liquidator by Harry J All-Stars. This is for Tommy Walker, who's brought his girlfriend Sophia to her first Chelsea game today. Tommy says... Oh, just turning a page here. Tommy says, he loves you, Sophia. Sophia was never short of a word or three, was stunned... Tommy smiled. I shall summon the stewards to have you two ejected if you don't sit down immediately. Tommy ignored the threat. Right now, he was only interested in the liquidator. What a great track, a reggae instrumental that demanded immediate on-your-feet-and-groove attention. Jamaican record producer Mm -hmm. Harry Zephaniah Johnson's session band had conjured up a magical mix of rock-steady beats and an Eddie in Hammond organ melody no vocals were required to compliment Winston Wright's keyboard playing. The man's out there on his own. Tommy first heard a white-label version of the Liquidator on the jukeboxes in The Rising Sun and the Weatherby over the summer. Pete Owen and Dave Scott played it for the first time at the bridge before the Wolves game last month, and every home match thereafter, and he'd heard about the reaction it had been getting – and now he was seeing it and hearing it too and joining in at the rippling point where Wright's organ subconsciously invited those standing on the shed to clap their hands four times and shout Chelsea. It was brilliant. And looking at the bemused, bemused West Brom fans absorbing the atmosphere being generated as no doubt the players, managers and officials of the visiting club were, Tommy sensed that the liquidator would soon be getting an airing at the Hawthorns and many other grounds as well. boom.
0: Well, that was brilliant. A round of
2: applause, Marco.
0: I think if they ever need uh, a decent book on uh, Radio 4's, a book at bedtime, mate, you should uh, you should give them a ring.
2: I'll tell you, just, just a couple of other little facts there, if people are interested. Uh, the, the, the following weekend, Liquidator, which I think had been, I think it was released in the first week of August in 69, it actually entered the charts the following week, Um I think came in about number 36. It was on the charts for 20, 20 odd weeks. Um, and I think everyone knows the story about sort of West Wolves and West Brom taking it up. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, that's kind of the kind of information that's in the book uh, that, that I've sort of gleaned from people and um, fashioned into the story. So, yeah, Marco.
1: Do, do they claim ownership to it, the West West Brom because they play it every
2: time at the beginning? Um, do no, they no. say they got it I before think, us. Yeah, no, I think I think, um, I think the, the, the there was a statement. I think Harry Jay put out a statement saying that it was Chelsea that played it first, and I've I've had this backed up um, a number of people w- when we did the Carefree book. I had it backed up. Uh, the, the the story about it being played as a white label um, b- before it was uh, officially released in August. Uh, so it's definitely a Chelsea thing. I don't think anybody actually debates uh, debates that now that it started at Chelsea and, and went from there. And you know it kind of it got into the charts and uh, they sort of peaked. It, it just got inside the top ten just before Christmas. Um and that was largely on the strength of you know his popularity at uh, football games. Yeah.
0: Absolutely brilliant. There we go. I mean that is an absolute exclusive. I mean is, do you know what? I was think I was thinking back then, Marco, as the you know, we, we we've known each other a while now and I remember Marco was on one of the first uh fan casts we did actually. I think it was the summer in the off season after we started at the end of that season. And then we got you, we got you and, uh, Dave and Kelvin on to talk about Chelsea here, Chelsea there, didn't we? Yeah. Oh, so right yeah. You know, you, you and your writing and the fan cast have kind of been synonymous in a sense. And I just think it's, and, and yet that's the first time you've ever read any, any, you know, of your bits of writing out on the show. I feel very humbled and privileged, Marco. <laughs> so thank you for sharing that mate. And, uh, as always, best of luck with it. I've, I've got my own copy on uh, Saturday, as you know. How how can the good denizens of the Chelsea fancast listening republic get a copy of your book?
2: Um, well, it, 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 it's got a, it's it's available in print, and uh, obviously it's printed in the UK, and it's via Amazon. It's it's definitely printed in the states, Canada, uh, mainland Europe. I'm not sure about Australia. Um, I don't don't know if I do a print on demand thing there Um, you can get it through the Gate 17 website the the, the e-book version is available um, worldwide Um, and obviously uh, at the CFC UK stall on match day so plenty of ways to get it I mean the Gate 17 website there's there's pointers there um, as well so yeah here one it is there and it's uh circa 10 pounds
0: hurry up it's only a tenner and it's got very small oh, there you font. Go.
2: It's very small font size there's a lot of words so it's ageist though <laughs> no it's just so to make it thinner so it's cheaper to post
0: <laughs> I was moaning about that in a restaurant I went into on Friday uh, because it was a dark, you know, you've got restaurant lighting and, of course, the, the print on the menu was tiny, so we decided it was an ageist restaurant because we were all old and we had to put our glasses on, but there you go. Marco, many, many, many thanks for that. That was really special. I really enjoyed that. You
1: enjoy that, JK? Yeah, terrific. I've got a copy.
0: Have you? Good boy. Yeah. You've got one immediately then, like me. Yeah,
1: I look at it. though. I haven't read it yet. I'm just looking at it.
0: No, I know. I haven't read it yet. I'll get round to it's, it. It's It's on the pile to be read very soon the thing about Marco's books actually is that uh, they're they're, they're kind of books that that I find that you pick them it's like your your, uh, carefree one the, the ones about the songs you pick it up and you just read it in one go it's like impossible to put down so there we go I commend it to you all uh, right, that I'm afraid is about time. Uh, about all we've got time for this week. You'll be probably delighted to hear because we've been blathering on for two and a half hours. Uh, but we will be back next Monday, even though it's an international break, uh, at the usual time. I will be joined by Jonathan Kidd and Clayton Bierman, uh, no doubt bemoaning the international break and looking forward to Chelsea's next match, which is against Manchester City. That'll be a ding dong match, won't it? Uh, in the meantime, don't forget to tune into the Chelsea fancast on Love Sport Radio this Friday between seven o'clock and eight. Uh, Jonathan and quite possibly Dean Mears will be joining Matt Beadle to discuss all things Chelsea because I have uh, the week off again. So there we go. I might phone them in, but, uh, you know, <laughs> I mean, as many people will say, I've been phoning it in for years. But. <laughs> 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 now, uh, you also can phone in and join in the show and debate with the boys. Uh, the number is 0208 70 And, of course, Love Sport is now a national radio station. So you can find it on all your digital uh, channels, your DAB stuff, uh, plus radio player, tune in or lovesportradio.com. And like this show, it's available as a podcast on ChelseaFanCast.com, Acast, Apple, SoundCloud, Spotify and other podcast distributors. So there you go. Uh, now you can follow the show on Twitter at Chelsea Fancast, me at Stanford Chidge, Jonathan at Jonathan Kidd, Marco at gate, uh, at, at gate Seventeen Marco. Easy for me to say. Uh, and uh, of course, our regular fancasters and bloggers are to be found at Nick Stroudley, at Clitheroe Blue, at Dean Mears, at CFCGWLB, uh, at Goldie Fifty Nine, at Gross Jack UK, at Dan Sil Seventy Three, at Liam Underscore Toomey at dean mears and at oj harbert i reckon we've got enough for a football team there you know i've never thought of it like that but i reckon we do uh lastly a big thank you to the wonderful dane whittle who's taken over the job of managing our instagram account at chelsea fancast so do check that out as well and a final final thing because i'm in such a good mood having enjoyed marco's excerpt from his book uh i am going to read out uh russ saunders song which apparently he has also uh sent to marco uh I don't know if Marco is aware of this fact yeah, but yeah. Uh, it goes <laughs> yeah, it goes something like to the to the tune of uh, Jake the peg uh uh by that world this is uh, Russ's words not mine by that world famous sex pest australian with his didgeridoo uh it is uh, it's pulicic Pula pulicic he's a chelsea yank chelsea yank chelsea yank. whenever he gets the ball he may just score a goal he's Pulisic, Pula Sitch. You know what? It's not bad, Russ. I, I take it all back. Uh, he, he he felt he was offending the Yanks, so he, he's changed it. He's from the USA, 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 which would work equally well. So there you go, Russ. We love you, mate, and it's good to see you in Mixler. Right, we really do have to go. Uh, before I do that, I will say, Jonathan, you've been brilliant as always.
1: Oh, huge. Thank you so much. Thank you, everybody. Okay. Thank you, Marco. Thanks for listening
0: Have a good show on Friday, mate.
1: Have a jolly good go. Jolly good.
0: Yeah, it'll be great, no doubt. It was a cracker last Friday without me. I'm thinking of retiring. You two are far better than me. Uh, And uh, Marco, as always, an absolute delight to have you on the show, mate. I believe we've got you on the Friday Love Sports Show on the 22nd of November. I believe so, yeah. My memory serves me correctly. That could be the day that me and Martin King interview uh, Danny Harkins at... uh, at Love Sport Radio before the show just just so you know and uh, I may even have Kerry Dixon coming along to sign lots of banners for me (laughs) so we might have a drink or three anyway I look forward to that Uh, as I look forward to next week as ever you lot in Mixler have been brilliant as you always are Uh, you lot that listen to the podcast equally so thank you all for listening see you next time until then keep it blue keep it carefree and keep it (laughs) chill up the chills Ah.